Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Oh, hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy and blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, A's fans. Happy Monday to you. It's great to be back home after a long three days down in San Diego at the winter meetings. And we are back. We have breaking news. All the show prep, everything we did trying to get ready for today's show, just throw it out the window. Yeah, we'll still get into over $2 billion were spent in San Diego. Think about that. $2 billion guaranteed to human beings to play a game. It's absolutely crazy. 17 trades, only one big leaguer in those trades until today. But a lot has gone on in baseball. I can tell you we were going to start today. I was going to give you the, uh uh-oh, the market's heating up for Carlos Correa. Blah, 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 blah. We've heard that for two years straight. Rodon is out there. Bassett is out there. Uh, A lot of news. I mean, we only got so much to talk about Aaron Judge while we were down there. Signings after that. I mean, the Xander Bogarts thing just threw everybody a loop. And just, it wasn't so shocking if you were down there, the way the Padres were throwing out money like it grows on trees, like they got this pocketbook nobody else has. But it really sent the industry reeling with the amount of money and the years they're being given out to players. Uh, it's an offseason like we've never seen before. But more importantly, you do have the breaking news sounder ready to rock because what? we do have A's news. Didn't think it was going to come down, but it has.
live from the ABC Sports Desk in New York, I'm Chris Townsend. Sean Murphy has been traded in a three-way trade where we haven't seen really any trades involving big leaguers. Why? Because it's just easier to buy, guys. It's easier for me just to give you cash and not have to give you prospects for a player. Just, it's that easy. I get to keep my prospects. I pay the player. It's just money. But that's not the case now. Sean Murphy, the gold glove catcher, has been traded to the Atlanta Braves. Another Braves trade. Of course, the last one we saw, Matt Olson, before the start of the season after the lockout. So Sean Murphy is going to the Atlanta Braves. It's a three-way deal involving the Milwaukee Brewers. Some of the names have come out. Not all of the names, because not all of the players have been notified yet. I have no idea who's going to the Milwaukee Brewers, nor do I care. Well, I know one guy. William Contreras, the all-star catcher, but was a DH all of last year, mainly for the Braves, is going to the Brewers as a part of the deal. I don't care. I want to know who the A's are getting. How do we get better? That was the theme of the winter meetings. As... Elidmus Diaz. Elidmus Diaz. It's actually Mies if you look at the pronunciation. I know. Guide. I always hear Elidmus. So yeah, it's, it's really Mies, but Elidmus, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Jace Peterson and Chad Smith, pitcher from the Rockies. And then we got the kid in the Rule 5 draft from the Dodgers, Noda. Ryan Noda, yeah. All right. What did we get? So, so far, this is Ken Rosenthal, but there's various reports. Kylie McDaniel, our friend, Robert Murray, Jeff Passan, Joel Sherman all involved. A's are getting uh, Kyle Muller, who is the Braves' number one ranked prospect, a big 6'7 lefty who did pitch in the majors last year. Went one and one with an eight ERA and three Another starts. Another lefty. Yeah, it's very interesting. You got Waldachuk, Irvin, Sears, Sears, a lot of A.J. Puck, who they want. They, everyone's saying he's going to be in, could be fighting for a rotation spot. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Cole? Let's just play the game Puck, Muller. Waldachuk. Well, we believe how you pronounce this kid's name is Muller, M-U-L-L-E-R. M-U-L-L-E-R, Muller, like the Muller report. Uh, Waldachuk. Yeah, Muller. Yeah, we got it right. We got it right. It's Muller, yeah. Uh, Waldachuk, Sears. Are we forgetting it? Are we are – we, are we, uh, Blackburn, you're out. It's five lefties. We're going to start five lefties in 2023. Yeah, and Cap has Cap has a shoulder. Was it a shoulder injury? Yeah. So we don't know what his what his report is. And uh, Martin told us in spring tra- or uh, the winter meetings that the A's were apparently involved in on Jose Quintana, who ended up signing with the Mets. So maybe they're looking for another veteran left-handed pitcher. Who knows? I mean, we cornered the market on catching. Maybe we're going to corner the market on left-handed starting pitchers. Which is not a bad thing. And, by the way, the Mets, who have now spent more money than any team in the history of baseball <laughs> by a lot. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. All right, so Muller, who else? Uh, we got right-handed pitching prospect Freddie Tarnuck. Um, I think his highest level he's pitching. He's a sixth-ranked prospect by the Braves. Let's see. He pitched his highest level. He did reach the majors as well. He's 24, 6'3". Uh, so we got the number one. Six. The number six, and both those guys have pitched for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I'm going to pull, I'm gonna pull up his. I didn't realize he reached the majors last year. Let's pull up his. So we heard that the A's were going for guys that were close to big league ready. He, he appeared in one game as two-thirds of an inning. It's more than zero. Yeah, so that's another one. Uh, uh, kind of a head-scratching one, but, you know, maybe he was just a throw-in. Uh, 35-year-old catcher Manny Pena. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I believe he. Oh. Yeah, he came. He's coming from Atlanta, and outfielder Estuary Ruiz. I hope I'm saying his first name right. He's in. Uh, he's an outfielder. That's actually from Milwaukee. First three guys: Mahler, Pena, and Tarnik, all from the Braves. Manny Pena or uh, Ruiz coming from uh, the Brewers outfielder. That's what we know so far. There could be more players involved. How do you how do you say the how do you say the guy's name? It was it was like Estuary. I saw someone tweet about it. I mean, there it is. Estuary Ruiz. Yeah, Estuary Ruiz. He he's one of the players actually involved in the Padres that they in the Josh Hader deal. He is ranked. Ah, so we can talk to our Padres connections to find out who is this guy. The number eighth ranked prospect in the Milwaukee Brewer system, outfielder. He actually reached the majors this year too. Hell, this might be the best haul we've gotten in a long That's time. That's three, four major leaguers back in return for Murph so far. But you got three top ten prospect, three top ten prospects in their organization. Correct, and then Pena, who's probably going to back up uh, Langoliers until Sauter you needed a veteran catcher. He's probably dirt cheap. He's thirty five years old. I checked; he had a buck forty three last year in like fourteen games. I mean, he's not making big money here. So you're taking, but you you you. You're saying you need a veteran guy as Langoliers now becomes your starting catcher. And then you got three prospects who have all been to the big leagues at least once. And they're your number one, six, and what what was uh, uh Ruiz is eighth. Oh, um the A's did ship another player away. I believe Joel Joel Piamps is going Piamps, to the yeah, to the Brewers. A lot of people like them. Yeah, it was a waiver it was a waiver claim from the Royals, I'm gonna say, last year. So that's what we know so far. This is Ken Rosenthal on Twitter. Hi, Amps. We hardly knew you. Good luck. Uh, if you want to follow along, at Ken, Ro- at Ken underscore Rosenthal on Twitter. That's what we know so far. I know right now. I know how you feel. We've been dealing with this and going through this for a long, long time. If this was the A's postgame show and I threw out the number, I know where you all would be going with this. It's here we go again. But you knew it. You knew this was going to happen. These train rubbers had absolutely been flying now for a while. But I want to say I want to stay consistent on what I had to say when people brought this up at the end of last season. Oh, Murph's going to get shifted out. He technically, and it's tough to say, but you got to think of the business. We get so emotionally attached to guys that you want to have a guy forever, and the way baseball's going, you're now signing these guys for 11 years. These deals are disaster deals. But they already know. They already know, I may give you 11, I'm only going to get 7 or 8. But the reason, good years. The reason why I'm giving you 11 is because it keeps the average annual value down. So if I give you $300 million over 11 years, that brings the average annual value down. I know you're not going to be good for 11 years. Guys aren't on roids anymore. They're not on PEDs, so you're not putting up career numbers at 38, 39. We're just going to swallow it in the end. It's part of the business. But Sean Murphy right now where the A's are is no good to the A's. He's not. I'm sorry. We lost 102 games with him last year. And you're not going to, like, rebuild the team around him. He's a catcher. They have a shelf life. Do I love Big Murph? Yes, great guy. Tough to get him on the show, but I 
We got him once. We got him last game, last game of the year. Well, I had to carry him a few times when we were <laughs> up in front of the fans and they got to ask questions. I had to, I had to carry Big Murph a couple times in those situations. But he's a nice, he's a nice young man. Like him a lot. But what good is he? His prime years, we're not going to win. That's just a reality. You may hate that process, but that's a reality. I have to deal in reality. And the reality is, Sean Murphy would be on this team next year, and they're still going to lose 90-something games. Sean Murphy's value to the Oakland A's, to this franchise, is to bring us players that in two, three years, when we turn this thing around and we start winning games again, these players are going to help us win to where Murphy would now be in his 30s. Catchers do not age well. They just don't. Murph is not a Hall of Fame bat. You didn't give away Johnny Bench. You didn't give away Pudge Rodriguez. He's got power. He's good defensively. He's a damn good catcher. And good luck to him and the Atlanta Braves. But next year, holding on to Sean Murphy is he's going to turn, what, 29? I believe he'll be 29. I think he's 28 right now. Let's see, let's just see when he officially turns. His value is bringing these players to the A's that we hope that these prospects, who, who will be in the big leagues next year, will help us win. And will help us win for years to come. We heard all along, Murphy also turned 29 in October. He just turned 28. The, we've heard all like later in the winter meetings that the A's were looking at getting back major league major league guys in a deal. And all these guys are major league guys. They've all appeared in, in a major league game. Manny Pena has been in the league for many years. So they, <laughs> he's thirty. Well, I mean, he's well, thirty five. I, I hope he's appeared yeah, in the game. <laughs> I mean, I pulled up Ruiz's stats and if, just playing for Milwaukee. I mean, he's only he. It's a small sample size. He only played in. He played in three games. He had eight at bats. He didn't have a base hit, but still. He's been to the big leagues. He's been, yeah, he's made, yeah, he he's got been, called up. There's a reason. You're looking at prospects on teams that are good teams. You're not, you're not talking about, oh, this is the Kansas City Royals called a guy up. The Milwaukee Brewers were in the hunt. The Braves were in the, play, were in the playoffs. And what's his name? Sorry, Ruiz is actually – played in the game for the Padres and the Brewers. He's actually appeared yeah, in he's 17 pa- games. Padres who were in the playoffs. Yeah, 17 games, 35 at-bats. So they're coming from good organizations. And I know today you're going to hate it and you don't want to hear me say it, but I'm telling you, we knew it was going to come down. It was either going to be now, this winter, or it was going to be before the trade deadline. Or, and, and I heard it. I, oh, But he's our guy. He's not your guy. He's not your guy. The A's are going to be in another turnaround process. Hopefully, really starting next season. Yes, Mark Kotze is going to tell us in spring training, it's all about this season, going to play like hell, going to try and win every single game, and we're going to say, right on, we're in. But the reality is this process is the year after and the year after that. And if these guys are winning games for you and they're winning big games for you, and you're talking about competing again like we like to do and get used to, you're not going to worry about Sean Murphy. I'm telling you right now, three years from now, when Matt Chapman's hitting 225 and he's 34 years old, you're not going to care anymore. You just don't. 
the guys that were here in 12, 13, and 14, when the A's started going to the playoffs again in 18, 19, and 20, you didn't care about those guys anymore, did you? No. No one was calling up the postgame show going, ah, what about Brandon Moss, Josh Reddick, Coco. Donaldson got brought up, but now Donaldson's becoming my 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 boy Donaldson's a pariah making twenty one million dollars a year. Some of the things you sent me around Thanksgiving were pretty funny about Yankee fans. Oh, so. Yankee fans do not like Josh Donaldson. So I get it. I'm not telling you not to be upset. I would never do that. Your feelings are your feelings. You're A's fans. You love this team. You love the players. Don't worry. There's new players to love. There's always new players to love. It's maddening, but You've got to understand you're rooting for the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. These guys come and they go. Who's going to get us back into the winning circle the fastest? And Sean Murphy's going to get expensive. I know he's controllable. He's not a free agent for what, three years? Yeah, it's. I think he was under team control for three more years. I'll just double check. I think it was it was three years, but it's going into this 820, going to be 29. He's not a free agent until 2026, so you got – 23, 24, 20, yeah, three years. Yeah. Well, yeah, at that point, breaking the bank, he's going to be 31, about to be 32. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like you're playing this game of, okay, it's going to be a while before we're good. By the time we are good, he's going to be in his 30s, and he's going to be expensive. And I I don't know where we're all going to be. In 10, 11 years, we laughed about that at the winter meetings when Trey Turner signed. <laughs> Where are you going to be in 11 years? But in nine years, if we're all still here in nine years doing this, these deals that were just signed in San Diego are going to be train wrecks. But like I said, they're going to go extra long on the deals to bring the average annual value of the contract down. Because that, that's what helps them with the luxury tax, right? That's the game we're playing. You want to stay under the taxes. You don't want to hit that third. You know, the more you stay there, the more you lose prospects, the more you get fined, the more you, you just you want to you want to try and stay below. And you're hoping that these long-term 11-year deals can help you do that best as possible. But they're going to be train wrecks. Do I think Xander Bogarts is going to be playing shortstop or Trey Turner is going to be playing shortstop when they're 40 years old for the Padres and the Phillies, respectively? Oh, didn't Eno tell us he thinks that Trey Turner could be a good center fielder eventually? Like, Someone said at DH, like, he's not a power guy. He hit 20 home runs last year, but... I 20 mean, home runs? Yeah, yeah, he's not a DH guy. We're talking, these guys are getting contracts like they're Albert Pujols. When Pujols signed their contract... With the Angels, he had three MVP awards. Yeah, he was a power hitter still. He, he still was a power hitter after he went to He had just Anaheim. won the World Series. Yeah. You were talking about a guy that's a future Hall of Famer. Are you telling me Xander – what did Xander Bogarts did not have a great year last year? Let's he take hit a look. under 20 home runs. And he's 30 now, which – Yeah, I mean, they're on the wrong side of it. Bogarts hit 307, 15 home runs, 73 RBI, and he had an 833 yeah. OPS. 15 home runs, 73 RBIs, just got 11 years for $280 million. Nimmo, who hit 16 home runs, and I know they're playing premium defensive positions, but Nimmo's not a great center fielder. And they think he'll be moved. He had 16 home runs. He got 100 and what? 162 over eight. I mean, it's. Right, was it eight? I think it was eight. It's just like, 
These deals will not a. I'm glad we're not a part of these deals. I'm glad we don't get look because I'm telling you, I would have a hard time selling it. I know I'd have to sell it. I'd have to be. This is great. We're signing a guy till he's 42 years old. This is great. We get our version of Miguel Cabrera. We get four <laughs> years of overpaying a guy who's not worth, not even worth a couple million, let alone 30. I know, I know. I'm not telling you not to be bummed. You're going to be bummed. I get it. Sean Murphy's going to be playing for the Braves. Good news is he's in the National League. Don't have to really see him. Um, Just that one time. uh, It's one time. Are we there or is it here? I'd have to pull up their schedule. They came here last year, so maybe we go there. No, it's the new schedule this year. So When When do we get to see Matty Olsen and Sean Murphy? Do the odds of you getting Sean Murphy for an interview? The man just doesn't like doing interviews. No, we got a better chance of getting Ole back again. Oh, we'll get Ole back. Or Wash or Walt Weiss. Great Walter Weiss. Uh, let's see. Give me a second while this loads. And so, I'll find so it. yeah, it's tough. But understand, it's business. It's the business of how to get better. And don't be shy. I mean, seriously, I, and I don't, and I, you know, I'm not even to bring up Sean Murphy's numbers. Braves come here May 29th, 30th, and 31st. All right, there you go. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring up Sean Murphy's numbers. I don't know what he can be. I mean, he's a good catcher. Which defensive catchers and, you know, the reality is when you start to look at how this offseason has gone and, you know, we know rule changes are coming. I mean, what's his name? Wilson Contreras signed for what? Five for 87 with the Cardinals to replace. And he's. Yadier Molina. And he's brutal defensively. But they know the automated strike zone's coming. The whole framework thing is coming. Now, throwing the ball to second base as a catcher has become valuable again because we're going to see a lot more steals. But Sean Murphy did not excel like we thought he was going to at the start of the season. When he. Do we have more breaking news? Yeah, we do. And it involves another former A. According to Jeff Passan, I think you're going to do your. This is Chris Townsend. No, I did that. Breaking right hander Chris Bassett and the Toronto Blue Jays are in agreement on a three year, $63 million contract pending a physical. Sources familiar. Tell what the deal tell ESPN. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Good for him. Oh, the full trades out also for the ace. But for Chris Bassett, I am happy for him. Great guy. Great A. Love playing here. Good to everybody. And if you want that good story, someone who battles through adversity, someone who was at rock bottom. Chris Bassett literally was at rock bottom. And just just after Tommy John surgery, it just continued not to go well. And he thought, he thought that his career was over. And the reality is, it wasn't. I'll never forget, in Japan, 
would have been 2019, where because he had missed the entire season in 18, there was an extra option, a fourth-year option, that allowed the A's to option him back to AAA. Because usually you know, he was out of options, but he got that extra option where, I mean, obviously if the A's had to put him out, out there, someone would have claimed him. And I remember doing the interview with him, and he was pissed. He was. And I remember our old, one of the old PR guys was lurking around the corner listening to the interview. I didn't know this. And we're in the Tokyo Dome. And the Tokyo Dome had these hallways that went down. There was a training room that then led into that let, that goes into the uh, I don't even know if we were the home or visiting clubhouse, but this PR guy was like was like snooping on our interview in, in our one of our old guys. And after told me, oh, you can't run that because he was angry. And I said, I'm going to run this. And I went to David Force. I said, are you cool with me running this? And David's like, of course. I totally understand. That's why the A's A's are cool. David Force understood Chris Bassett was upset. And he had every right to be. But business is business. And the A's were using that fourth option because they didn't want to lose Chris Bassett. And it worked out great for everybody. Worked out for Bassett. Worked out for the A's. Obviously became an all-star. Was a great pitcher for us. And there's certain guys that no matter where they go, you will always root for them. And Chris Bassett is one of those guys. So, good for you, Seabass. Wow, we got breaking news. Just boom, 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 boom. All right. Last player in the uh, – real quick. Uh, we got – the A's got right-handed pitcher Roy Bear Salinas from the Braves also. What's or the, the first Bre- name? Bre- the Brewers. Roy Bear? We know he's from the – let me make sure I'm getting it right. Yes, Roy – R-O-Y-B-E-R. Roy Bear Salinas – He's 21 years old. He was pitching at high A. He's a right-handed pitcher, 18th-ranked prospect in the Braves system. So 1-6 and 18 from the Braves. And Pena, major leaguer. Don't forget, Manny. 1-6, 18 <laughs> from the Braves. And the number eight from the Brewers. Sounds like a pretty good haul. All major league experience except for Salinas, who – Because I can tell you, we've had these hauls, and we've been like, who did we get? I don't love that. At least the – I mean, as of right now, the numbers on the prospects of where they ranked, you like. But I'm I'm not telling the A's fans to not be upset. You're going to be upset. I know it. Not going to tell you not to be. It's always tough when you lose players. But if three years from now, two or three of these guys are leading you back into this discussion where we're battling, you know, the, the division's it's good. Houston's good. Rangers are all in with all the money they've spent. I don't know if it's going to work, but they're all in. Seattle's going to be good. We'll see what Anaheim's able to produce. But in two, three years, the A's are starting to win again because of these players. You're not going to be upset then. Now, Sean Murphy goes on to be a Hall of Fame catcher, then yes, you will be upset (laughs) and you have every right to be. But if Sean Murphy's hitting 230, 240, showing some pop. See, that guy fits on a team that already has mashers. Sean Murphy can hit 240, 18 bombs, drive in some runs, 
and fits in great. But in the middle of the order for us, and then you're going to pay that, and as we know, catchers regress offensively. This, what was, like, give me his years. Murph? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Give me his year. I'll give you this year. He hit 250, 18 home runs, 66 runs driven in. He had a 759 OPS last in 148 games. Last year he played in 119 games, hit 216, hit 17 home runs, drove in 59 runs. Folks, you're not building your offense around that. I know. Be angry. You love the guy. Keep the numbers there. No one cares about the Braves lineup. 18 home runs, 66 RBIs. You're not building your offense around that. You're not giving that a long-term contract, saying this is this is the standard in the middle of our order. The year before, 17 home runs, 59 RBIs. You're talking about a career 236 average. Yes, you love him. Great guy. Really good catcher. But you're not building your offense around those numbers long-term. You're not giving that an eight-year deal. Just understand that. So, I didn't want to bring it up. He brought it up. You brought it up. I didn't bring his numbers up. I said I wasn't going to go to his numbers, but you did. But since you did, I'm going to tell you. Well, you uh, Okay. Once again, you're not – unless this dramatically changes – I mean, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to put my money in the Sean Murphy basket. If we only have so much money to spend, I'm not putting it in the Murph basket. 17 home runs, 18 home runs, not a ton of RBIs. And the crazy thing for him too cuz I pull, that's the reason why I pulled up Atlanta's lineup because he can DH because they have Travis Darno's a pretty good offensive and defensive catcher who's probably going to get a lot of the playing, they're going to split the playing time, but Murph can DH or Darno can DH. They all can DH. Yeah, like the national the National League has already come out, and they're like they use the DH as a day off. Yeah, like this could be the Braves lineup next year, which is just crazy in a good way for them. Uh, Ronald Acuna can lead off. Uh, the rookie of the year, uh, Michael Harris, the second can play center. Uh, your guy Austin Riley will play third. You didn't like him. Uh, Matt Olson for it will hit fourth. The D eight spot could be Murphy, Travis Darno, or Miguel Azuna. Or, um, yeah, is it Miguel Azuna? Miguel Azuna. Yeah. Uh, then you got catcher Darno or Murphy. Second base Ozzy Alves. Left field could be Rosario or Azuna. And shortstop probably uh, Vaughn Grisham, unless they re-sign Dansby Swanson. That's a very good lineup for a team. I, I would bet right now if I had to bet on one team to get getting Dansby, I would say the Braves bring him back. It won't be the deal that he wanted, but it'll be a I'm making millions. I'm back home. I love these guys. I've won a World Series with them. But once again, Sean Murphy in that lineup is far different from Sean Murphy hitting third or fourth for us. He can hit the bottom of the order there, and everything's fine. You know, Sean Murphy's first half, I mean, he got hot. He's a streaky guy. And I don't want to crap on him. I mean, I'm not I'm I, I that that's not fair. I'm just saying Sean Murphy as a middle of the order hitter, that's not you're not going to have a good you're not going to have a great lineup if he's if he, if he's the guy you're building around, you're not going to have a great lineup. He fits in a lineup like that. 
Yeah, no question. Could he DH? Sure. Can he hit seventh? Can he hit eighth? Yeah, he's not hitting third or fourth in that lineup. He's not your main guy. Oh, I should call Julian. Or should we push him back a little bit? What do you think? I mean, Boston's interesting, but this is the biggest thing right going on right now. Yeah, this is the biggest thing. Tell him, uh, tell him 145. So the A's have been players. So Diaz, Peterson, both guys two-year deals. You're looking at versatility that can play everything. That's something, you know, when you're not going to spend a lot of money, what you need is versatility. So when you've got Tony Kemp and you got Diaz and you got Peterson, you got guys that can play all over the diamond. The A's are just trying to get better. They're trying to be competitive. But with these kids coming in, like you can't tell me you're not excited about Waldachuk. Waldachuk looks like a guy that can be legit in your starting rotation. Muller is six seven. Yeah, six. Seven. I mean, we've got we've got a basketball team going with AJ Puck and Muller. Isn't Waldachuk's pretty big too, right? Six four, six yeah, five. There you go. I mean, we're not gonna. I mean, we're not we're not Kareem and Wilt. But I mean, Muller can play center with now the way the way the NBA. Our is Our front the, court's a decent size. Yeah. Sears can run point. He's a he's a little shorter, but he's a lefty. If you're looking at the all lefty rotation. Well, the, and and what 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 is gonna what's gonna be one of the main stories at spring training which we've been down this road before, and it scares me. But we're going to have to do it again. When we hit Arizona, I know we're going to be talking about A.J. Puck's future. We know he can relieve. We know that now. Now, he stayed healthy for one season. Knock, knock on anything you can knock on. He has stayed healthy for one season. He does want to start again. And we knew we we the rumblings were happening were happening at the end of the year, and then David Force came on with us in San Diego. At the winter meetings, the man the Manchester Grand Hyatt, and said, "Yeah, that's something we're going to look at." So you already know kind of the idea of what your rotation is going to be, and the good news is there's competition. There is legit competition now for the starting rotation. If if Puck is able to start and stay healthy and now blossom, it's a big if, but blossom into that guy that they thought coming out of the University of Florida, and now you're throwing in another 6'7 lefty? Some of these guys, and we'll have to talk to David about this, some of these starters who don't make the rota- rotation may not just necessarily go back to Vegas. Swing guys are becoming very valuable. Do I have a guy that can eat up innings? Got to get outs. 4,300 and something outs. 74. 4,374 outs you got to get in, get during a season, and these starters aren't going long. And you saw last year. I mean, you can burn up a bullpen real fast. When your starters don't go deep, your bull, your, your, I mean, it, it's scary how fast you burn that bullpen up. But if you have a couple guys, I think J.P. Sears could be that guy. J.P. Sears, because he did it for the Yankees. I mean, the A's saw that. 
he could be a guy that, okay, you're going to go down to the bullpen, and there's going to be some games you're coming out of the pen, you're throwing three, four innings. And then if somebody goes down, boom, we immediately put you in the starting rotation again. And you're just back and forth, back and forth. It's that positionless staff that we've talked about for years where guys just come to the ballpark and you say, you're throwing today, you're not throwing today, you are, you. everybody be ready. You guys, you don't be ready. It's kind of like what the Rays are doing. The Rays have been, the Rays have been mixing and matching and openers and for years. This is like the first year, I think, going into a season, they're going to have like a full five-man starting rotation. I, I, I would have no problem, and I'm just spitballing here. I'd have no problem. You take someone like J.P. Sears and say, all right, he, here's your role. Game one, starter can't get out of the third. Here comes J.P. Sears out of the bullpen. And if there's ever a day where you want to push guys back, give them some rest, J.P. Sears, you're starting today. He's a tough kid from the Citadel out of a military school. He's got that regimented mindset. He's tough. You can put him in any situation. Dare I say six-man rotation? No. You don't think so? No. I was reading something about the the Mets or someone could use a six-man rotation. That's just terrible. And I'm like, uh, with Verlander and and Scherzer, you're going to tell them they, they need to take some time off? Let's have guys <laughs> yeah. pitch less. Yeah. Let's, that, that's what we need. No, we need these guys to get out there and learn how to pitch every five days. God, that drives me nuts. Let's figure out how to have guys pitch even less than they pitch now. No. Count me out. Every five days, learn how to be a pro. Look at Cole Irvin. Look what Cole Irvin has become for the A's. He's a guy that's learned because he he was kind of J.P. Sears, the role I'm talking about. He He was pitching out of the bullpen, got a chance to start some, and then now... He learned, as he's he's told us here on A's Cast Live, his body has learned, and now he's made 30 starts two straight years. Why? Because he learned how to do it. They have to learn how to do it. You just can't talk about it. You have to learn how to do it. And so this Mueller kid who's 6'7", he's their top prospect, he's 25. Yeah, I looked. His uh, Max Velo, his fastball average, 94.2, so... We'll, we'll say ninety four. He's, he's like Waldachuk. Yeah, he's six. I mean six seven. So he's yeah, lanky. It's it's. You're twenty five years old. Your time is now. What what's his birthday? His birthday is. Of course, doesn't have it on on the baseball savant page. It it is. October seventh. So he just turned twenty five. Yeah. Right. This is what this is. You don't want to be hanging out in AAA at twenty six. I don't know if he'll start this season in AAA, but your time is now. I mean, you're a guy like this. You're a guy like this who's so thankful he got traded. Waldachuk, thankful he got traded. Sears, thankful they got traded. You're going to a team that's going to give you an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues. This is your dream. This is your shot. That's why guys love coming to Oakland. I'm getting my opportunity to play in the big leagues. And if we had to sacrifice Sean Murphy, I know it's tough. Once again, I'm not telling you not to be happy or, or to be unhappy. I'm not telling you how to feel. I know how you're going to feel, but I'm just saying if, if's a big word, IF is a big word, if, if these guys work out, could be gold, right? All oh. of a sudden you start having a rotation. Like if you just said – 
All right. Going to say Cole. Going to say Blackburn. Going to say Waldachuk. And this Moeller kid. And then we got a bunch of other guys to figure out this fifth. And that's how you start the season. I'm entertained. Yeah. I'm now entertained. You're throwing out. You know, I didn't mention A.J. Puck. We're going to have to see on that. But if I got a bunch of 6'5", six, five, five, six, five to give me Waldachuk. He's at least 6'4". J.P. Sears isn't. We're almost eye to eye. 6'4". You're giving me ranges of 6'4 to 6'7 left-handers? That gives me something to get excited about. I can only deal in reality, folks. 5'11 for J.P. Sears, by yeah. the way. <laughs> That's all right. That's I mean, all right. I mean, Cole's 6'4". We got big dudes. Are we got we, some big lefties. Are we, like, is there some new strategy that David and the front office are coming up with is getting Randy Johnson S type or big left-handers? All right, who's some big forwards that shot, shot left-handed? I think Sam Perkins. Sam Perkins was a lefty. I'm trying to think of left-handed. Uh, I know he's not popular anymore, but Lamar Odom was lefty. Wouldn't Lamar Odom lefty? Yeah, he was lefty. I mean, we got a bunch of, like, Sam Perkins. A bunch of big lefties. Power forwards. Just like the big lefty, the great Scott Emerson. Oh, Molly. Molly's left-handed. Chris Mullen. He wasn't forward. Though. Well, I'm talking about power forward. Oh, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, lefty. We got a bunch of big lefties. I like it. What was Zach Randolph's nickname? Oh, the old former uh, Grizzly I, Michigan State product. I know Zach Randolph had a lot of cell phones. Oh, well, yes. There was a reason. What was his name? He had a he had a good nickname. What was there's a nickname? reason to have more than one. I have one cell phone. How many cell phones you got? I have one. Zebo, Zebo was his nickname. That's a great nickname. All right, coming up next, we will. Sean Murphy has been traded once again. Quickly, give the hall once again. What did the A's get from the Braves and the Brewers? Uh, let me get to it real quick. Uh, we the A's have acquired the Braves' number one prospect was a pitcher, Kyle Mahler, left-hander. They got Freddie Tarnock, the Braves' number six prospect, the right-handed pitcher. Two top ten. Roy Bear Salinas, a right-handed reliever who's in high A, and Manny Pena, who's been in the league forever as a catcher. And they also got the number eight prospect from the Brewers, Estuary Ruiz, who is a um, utility infielder. So he, all these guys have played in the major leagues except for Salinas, obviously playing in high A. Roy Bear is my favorite name. Yep. Roy, Ro- Bear, Roy Bear, R-O-Y, B, we, we're going to have to find out the real way. Well, you, you, yeah, you did have uh, Robert. I mean, we are playing off playing off our good fr- our friend's Cuban friend. You you had. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with Ro- Robert. It sounds good. It sounds like we could like market that uh, Robert. Does I wonder if it uh, does? Ba- I don't think baseball reference will have. How no, you, he, he didn't because he hasn't pitched in the majors yeah. yet. Yeah, Ro- Roy Bear R O Y B E R. Who knows? I mean, we could be saying it wrong anyway. Does he throw gas? I uh, don't have the baseball savant page on him. All right. Coming up next, Julian McWilliams, our buddy from the Boston Globe. We weren't able to connect with him. He was supposed to come on late with us in the meetings, but he was dealing with Heim Bloom. I mean, has anyone had it worse than Heim Bloom? Wow. We'll talk about the Red Sox. We'll get Julian's take on what's going on with the A's because obviously he used to cover the A's for the athletics. That's all coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2022 MLB winter meetings from San Diego are now in the past, and A's Cast Live was all over it. Well, once again, here from the winter meetings in San Diego. From the signing of Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is going back to the Bronx. He's agreed to a nine-year deal worth $360 million. And Trey Turner. Trey Turner gets 11 years, $300 million. 11 years to the biggest names in the sport chris russo the mad dog the great bob melvin great sample right here on a's cast live tory lavello the manager of the arizona dimebacks former oakland athletic former a's bench coach terry francona is with us here on a's cast live billy owens Assistant General Manager for the Oakland Athletics, the great Sarah Langs is with us. David Forrest, the General Manager of your Oakland Athletics. Ace Cast Live had you covered at the winter meetings. That's going to do it live from the winter meetings. I hope everybody enjoyed the coverage. We had a great time. Hopefully you had a great time watching. If you missed any of the interviews from the three days, go to athletics.com slash Cast to listen or youtube.com slash athletics to watch today. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. The Oakland Athletics begin spring training on February 25th. Now's the time to make plans to catch us in Mesa, Arizona, and enjoy the sunshine of your family and friends. Buy your tickets early for the best seats at the lowest prices as your green and gold take on the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and more at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium. Shantoni, it's a deep drive to right in the corner. Gritchick going back. He'll turn and watch it fly. Get your tickets at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Flex 10 is back. Get 10 Plaza outfield level ticket vouchers for only $99 for any 2023 regular season home game. Buy your Flex 10 pack now and redeem for any combination of games later. You can use two tickets to catch opening day, four tickets to watch a fireworks show, and four tickets to catch the biggest matchups. The options are endless, so give the gift of baseball this holiday season. Visit athletics.com slash fan values to purchase yours today. That's athletics.com slash fan and values. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. One thing that you could definitely be upset about, we haven't even mentioned yet today, <laughs> getting the sixth pick in the draft. That is just so A's right now. 
It is. I mean, can't get one, can't get two. Hell, I'd take three. Six? Are you serious? That was rough. When you had a 16.5% chance of getting it along with the the Nationals and the Pirates, and, hey, who were the top one and two? Pirates and Nationals and the A's, sixth. I remember getting, sixth. On, the, I remember getting on the elevator when we were taking our – equipment up to drop it off and I remember someone put it on the elevator and it was like what's a six pick that it goes to the Oakland Athletics I'm like are you kidding me how is that possible how is that possible but you deal with what you're dealt with and you're getting the sixth pick in the draft I don't know how Heim Bloom is surviving in Boston you're talking about an executive that came over from the Rays he inherited a 27-year-old Mookie Betts, a 25-year-old Xander Bogarts. Uh, Devers still there. Benintendi isn't. Uh, Julie McWilliams from the Boston Globe joins us here on A's Cast Live. Did you get back to Beantown okay? I did. I did. And uh, <clears throat> it turns out Hein Bloom was on my flight. And uh, so, yeah, so that was that was interesting. Were you able to grill him for six hours? I was I got him right before we got on. And, um, you know, I know that uh, like so and I actually wrote about it in the Globe. Um, this sort of like the inside look of, of sort of like when they found out because the news literally broke. We were both uh, we were both like near each other when it happened, when Heyman sent out the tweet. And uh, I mean, I, I knew that they knew that, that they weren't going to re-sign him. They, they probably were, you know, the figures are off. But to see Hein standing there, man, I mean, he just looked really, really stunned in terms of, like, crap, I got to go back to Boston where, you know, where I'm going to – it's probably just going to be people lined up just to take their shots at me. It was it was a very, very, like, sort of a, a dramatic sort of scene. You know, it was really, really, really a moment. So, it's it was, it's interesting, man, just to see – you know, the moves that he's made or lack thereof and, and how it's real. This one just seems to be uh, the nail in the coffin for a lot of Red Sox fans. Oh, no doubt. I think that's a great way to put it. And I, and I want to let our listeners know that you are going to join us at the end of the winter meetings, kind of wrap up and kind of give Boston a little time, see what they would see if they were going to do anything. And you actually met with Bloom, and we couldn't do the interview then. You know, before you guys get on that plane and they're wrapping up the winter meetings, what were his thoughts? So it's interesting because the day before that we asked time, we said, you know, where are you guys with the Xander talks? Is he still at the, is he still at the, you know, at the top of you guys' list? And he says, oh, absolutely. He's our first priority. You want to get this thing, this thing done. That was Tuesday. Uh, by the time Wednesday came, uh, when, we, when we spoke to him in that, that afternoon, we asked him about, you know, any updates on Xander. And he was really, really short. He said, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say anything other than what I said yesterday. And was kind of like sort of, um, I would guess, like just kind of really, really short, seemed a little bit um, irritated a little bit. I, you know, I don't know if that's, that's kind of the way he came off. And our thinking was, you know, if you go back to the reports, that the Red Sox and, and, and Xander were basically done speaking by the time, by the time we, we spoke with him. Um, you know, he came back with his offer and, and, and they were like, and Boris was just like, yeah, we can't do business with this. This is, this is just not going to work. So by that time they knew that Xander was gone. 
Um, they knew that he's probably going to sign, likely sign with another team. Um, the fact that he got 11 years, $280 million, I think that's an overpay. However, you know, the Red Sox, you can go back to spring training. They lowballed him. They offered him four years, $90 million. Um, and if you look at, you know, reports in, from Alex Spear from the Globe, he talked about Xander, and he probably would have accepted a six-year, $150 million deal like how Tuve has, yeah. how Tuve got in Houston uh, during the season. So the fact that they let him go to market and the fact that now they're, they're up in that price of six, for, I think it was six for 160, um, that no longer matches market value. And so at that point, it was a little bit too, uh, l- little bit too much too late. So, and, and, and Xander ultimately had to move on. All right, the big question here is we act like these general managers have full control. They do not own the teams. They do not have the, right. they do not have the checkbook. It's not like they have this checkbook and they get to write whatever check they want to whatever player. The real question has to be, ever since Boston won the World Series, then got rid of Dave Dombrowski, they are now an ownership group that is about acquiring professional sports franchises. I guess they're now going to sell the soccer team Liverpool. But I'm just wondering, do they want to operate the team as a team that's going for it every year like they used to, or are they going with a different approach, and this really isn't on Bloom. this is what's coming down from ownership? Yeah, I think I think ownership definitely plays a part on you. You point to, to a good point when they – when they got rid of Dave Dombrowski, they were like, okay, this is a guy that's sort of, you know, drunk spins in a way, right? I mean, the, 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 some of the things that he makes, some of the deals, I mean, he did not have to offer, you know, Chris Sale that extension. You know, you look up and Chris Sale has been pitching, what, three and a half years or so. So um, you're looking at, a, I think you're looking at an ownership group that, I mean, and granted, we haven't seen John Henry in about two years. I mean, the fact that he even showed up for the, for the Mookie uh, uh, press conference, I mean, that, that was, that was a long run. We hadn't seen him for probably like a, a year up until that point. So I think you're looking at an ownership group that's really, really trying to operate in a different way. Um, it seems almost as if it's becoming hedge fund baseball. And I think we talked about that last time is how a lot of these big market teams are getting situations where they don't want to spend. And I think the Red Sox are getting to that point where obviously I'm not going to put it all on high and bloom. But I think, but but you, but I think the Red Sox ownership was saying, okay, we need to bring in a guy that that knows how to sort of get wins within the margins, be able to survive the Tampa Bay Rays way with just a, and and we'll give him the bonus, but just a little bit more money. But we don't want to spend like the Phillies. We don't want to spend like the Dodgers. I mean, excuse me, like the like the Padres. We want to stay under a luxury tax. We don't want to pay that penalty. We want to keep we we want to keep funds low and keep ticket sales high. Um, that's sort of the formula that that is that that in sort it's sort of the Yankee formula. If you if you want to be honest, it's sort of like the formula of, of okay, let's spend let's spend, but let's spend only where we need to spend, and ultimately let's let's keep the intrigue of fans high, but we're not going to we're not going to go all in on that one guy that can probably get us over the top because eh, we don't want to pay that luxury tax. But we but what we will do is keep our teams competitive enough keep our fan base intrigued enough to a point where, you know, I, to a point where they can win and, and, and possibly get to the playoffs and they can get the return on their, you know, on their spending for, throughout the year. But this Heim situation and, and, and the Red, where the Red Sox are, it's gone a little bit too far. And I think ownership sort of is, is looking at that now and saying, okay, we wanted this, but not necessarily this. 
Um, and because you're looking at two homegrown players and Mookie Betts and Xander Bogats that are gone. And now Rafael Devers is up. His, his free agency is coming up after, after next year. And what do you pay him? Do you let him walk? You, you know, you, you have to pay him probably above market to, to sort of, you know, make up for your mistakes with Xander. You know, it's, and it's, it'll, it'll, it's, it's very, very interesting to see, to see this whole thing unfold. There is no doubt about that. And, and it leads me back to last year when there were rumblings that Billy Bean could leave the A's and go work for this Red Sox company that owns all of these properties. And I think baseball fans want to still believe that the baseball world is, is owned by, you know, you have like what you have in San Diego where Peter Sadler is the owner. You have Steve Cohen with the Mets as the owner. But a lot of these teams are now owned by groups. And – yeah. And if I've heard correctly, isn't this ownership group that owns the Red Sox and all these other teams, they're now looking to get into the NFL and they want to buy the Washington Commanders. Is that true? Yep. And, and they're trying to expand and possibly buy a team, expansion team in Vegas, you know, if they, if for, for basketball. So, I mean, this is, this is obviously the, the, the fact of, I mean, they own, you know, they own us. They, they own the Boston Globe. So, they own parts of Nesson. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it. They they have spread their wings so far, and I mean, it, you look around Boston. It's all it's all Fenway Sports Group, all Fenway Sports Group, but they have their hands in everything. And I'm just wondering and curious if it's just too much. You know, what I mean, if it's if if they, if now the Red Sox aren't their priority, um, because they have their hands in so much. And I think, you know, just just looking at at the way things have shaped up for the last three years. I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but you got to remember they had to come in as a wild card and they, they snuck into the playoffs in, in sort of the last, uh, last game of the season. I mean, last two, uh, two series of the season against Baltimore and the Washington Nationals. I think they got swept by Baltimore and then they, you know, they won out against the Nationals and that, then that got them into the playoffs. So, you know, and, and then they just kind of got hot, but, there are always flaws with this team. Um, they, they lack an ace beyond Xander. They lack an ace. They lack, they, they lack a, now they lack the leadership. leadership. You know, I know they got an outfielder in, in, in Yoshida, but that's not even the, the top of the conversation anymore. You know, they haven't had a leadoff batter in, in four years since they've, they've gotten rid of Mookie. So I, there are a lot, a lot of flaws on this team, and I think a lot of it stands with bad trades, um, they thought they were going to get a lot from Jeter Downs. If you look at the if you look at the trade for Mookie Betts, they had an average player back in Alex Verdugo, and Jeter Downs who's probably not going to amount to much, and Connor Wong who's a backup uh, who's a backup uh, uh, catcher at best. But I think he's sort of this fringe major league guy that you never that sort of toast between you know AAA and the major leagues whenever they need some you know some some new blood in there. So it, it's it's they've had a lot a lot of bad trades from the Benintendis ben to the Betts. And now just letting, you know, Bogarts go just seems to be uh, uh, the, the, this, this franchise's demise. And, and ultimately, we don't know what we're going to get from this team, this team in 2023. With all these losses, it's really hard to hang your hat on a 5'9 Japanese outfielder with not a lot of power for five years, $90 million. This guy may be hell on wheels, but as of right now, wouldn't you say, hard to hang your hat on this is what you've done in the offseason. For sure. For sure, and I think they said they have more work to do. And and and, and granted, you know, Heim is getting, uh, he's just getting dragged in, in Boston. And this is not a knock on him. I like him, the person. Uh, I like him, the, you know, I think he he's always responsive. But 
the, the general consensus at winter meetings was, and, and not the consensus, but the, the rumblings amongst, amongst scouts, amongst, amongst front office people, is that he seems a bit in, in over his head. And, and, it's, and he hasn't really proven, you know, can he make the deal that, that, sort, of, that sort of puts this team over the top? He hasn't, he hasn't proved that yet. I mean, I know he's gotten Garrett Whitlock off of, you know, waivers and all that stuff, but, you know, he hasn't proven to Kenny Matt if he knows how to spend money. You know, these, these GMs and stuff, come from these small markets, but there's a skill that comes with, with, with being able to spend money, Boom. you know, and I think a lot of times you get you, you, a lot of these GMs get paralysis um, by analysis. And I think that's sort of what Heim Bloom happens, what happens with Heim Bloom. And then he tries to, you know, do damage control and make the deal that, you know, that, that, that sort of it's an over, overcompensate or just to try to make up for the deal that he didn't make. And I think, you know, you can even put the Yoshida deal in that too. People, most, most GMs and scouts are saying that they overpaid him. You know, if you put in, like, I guess, you know, the, the, the money that it costs to get him, you know, to grant him to, to, to come over to the U.S. and play from Japan, that's $15 million, plus the $75 million that they offered him or some of the 75 $80 million they offered him, that's $95 million. That's more than you offered Xander Bogarts in the spring. So, you know what I mean? So, it's like, it's crazy. What, what's going on here? Yeah. What like what is really going on here? And this is a guy that's 29 years old, and yes, he like he's a he's been great in Japan, but obviously this is a different game. You have a proven guy in Xander Bogarts, and the only thing I can think of is that they just didn't value Xander. Heim just didn't think Xander was that good to be able to pay him. That's the only thing I can think about in terms of in terms of of, of his thinking and why Xander was not in a Red Sox uniform uh, going into 2023 because clearly he wanted to be there. So you're getting on the plane in San Diego, and I wonder if you felt the way I did, knowing that there was over $2 billion spent while we were in San Diego and a little bit before. When you're getting on that plane, did you feel like anybody really got that much better? Um, I, I feel like the, the Padres certainly got better. Um, the... I think the 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 you know I think the like, the Yankees maybe no no not really <laughs> now that you put it like that no not really I think just probably the Padres um, that's the that's the only team that's gotten better I think the winter meetings over the years become such eyewash in certain in certain ways to be honest I think it's sort of you know I know it's a place where you can make deals but in the end it just seems like um, that it's 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 not it just it just it just doesn't really amount to much. A lot of us are standing around and stuff. So um, I think, I think the Toronto Blue Jays certainly got better today with their acquisition yeah. of Bassett. Um, obviously the Braves has gotten better with Sean Murphy stuff. I know you guys did a lot of covering that, but like in terms of who got better there, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that got better um, at, at winter meetings. I think it's just sort of become a lot of, a lot of show in, in certain, in certain aspects. Well, let's end on this. With little kids, Christmas gets fun again. I, I, I got to thank you and your wife yeah. for really looking forward to this. With the young ones, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, especially now that she's uh, starting to, you know, notice things and stuff. It's getting a little bit more cool than her just laying around like a mushroom all day. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm – en I'm certainly enjoying this a lot more than, uh, the, the, you know, the six-month six phase I was in when I talked to you guys last year.
Yeah, everything starts to change. Now you're going to have the now you're going to be recording everything. These are the moments that that you will live for. Hey, it was great to see you. You look great. Uh, enjoy the holidays and let's hook up after the holidays because obviously there will be some more signings in Boston and we'll find out more about the AL East. But have a great holiday and we'll talk to you in the new year, my friend. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks so much. The great Julian McWilliams, super guy. Super, super, super guy. Miss him. He was great covering the A's for the Athletic. But man, I mean, crazy. Think about what I just said. Over $2 billion are spent, and I kind of go, who got better? Who really, like, got better? Because a lot of what you had was, you know, Judge is just, you just didn't lose him. DeGrom leaving, you just replaced DeGrom with Verlander. I I mean, yeah, okay, Trey Turner. Okay, Xander Bogarts. But who do you, like... No one walked out of San Diego going, man, those guys crushed it. They got so much better. They got X, Y, and Z. I mean, the Mets spent a, uh, just looking and taking it back. The Mets spent a lot of money. Like I know, I'm Diaz just, was already there, yeah, but the, they brought Nimmo. Nimmo was already there. You're just you're, you're Robertson, and they brought Senga in, the pitcher from Japan. But that wasn't while we were there. No, yeah, it was. It was a couple of days. It was. I'm saying while days, we were. Oh there. yeah, it was just Verlander. Yeah, I mean, it was like. And even Nimmo, you're just bringing your guy back. So I'm saying, when we were in San Diego, over two billion dollars from the start to to the end of the winter meetings was over two billion dollars. And you're wondering, who got better? Who really got better? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, and I sent you a whole list. It was. I remember it's a twenty out of thirty team. Can, can you carry this for one second? Yeah, the 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 list uh, I can pull it up if you need me to pull it up. The list was. Because um, we were sending a lot of stuff back and forth between um, the few days, you told me that teams have basically done nothing. Four teams in the AL East, four in the Central, two in the West, three in the East, three in the NL Central, four in the NL West. So twenty to thirty, the one team in the NL West that would have done anything would have been the Padres with Xander Bogarts, and we know how that deal could or could not work out. With eleven years, two hundred eighty million dollars, you add him, you probably move Tatis to the outfield. And you have Kim play second base, so the Padres you could say maybe got better. Um, they lost Sean Manaya, which we haven't brought up yet. Manaya is now a San Francisco Giant, which is interesting. Two years, twenty-five million. Apparently, there's a reported opt-out after the 2023 season. So you look, that's twelve and a half million for Manaya, who had an ERA just under five last year. It was at like four point nine six. So the Padres need to replace him in their rotation, but they have Musgrove and, and the rest of their staff still pretty much there. Uh, but yeah, that the, the Twenty out of the thirty was that. I, that's fa- fairly spot on. I mean, do you I, like that list I sent you? I can't defend the Pirates because they only signed Santana. So when you looked at the one Central, year deal, that's. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the pot. You know, the the A's. You know who the A's picked up while we were there. Yeah, okay, but I mean, we're talking about got better. You got better. Who got better? So I went through the standings last night and I went through transactions, and I said, you know what. You can at least say 20 out of the 30 didn't. 20 out of the 30 teams. There's teams that have done nothing. The Reds haven't signed anyone. So I said after that CBA, and I know no one wanted to listen to it then, if you remember correctly, Cody, I said after the CBA was done, this is not great. It's not great for baseball. You're going to increase the have-nots versus the haves. 
And this winter meetings showed it big time. So I'm, I'm just looking at your list. In the AL East, are we saying the Yankees are the only team that got better? Or can we put Toronto in there now with Bassett? Well, no, this was this is you can't count that after my list is sent. I, I, well, so you said four. You said four of the teams. The yeah, the Yankees are the only team that yeah, done, did, did yeah, anything. Yeah, okay. So Boston ultimately got worse. Tampa Bay has lost some guys. Uh, okay, to, to Baltimore. When is this? Yeah, they, Michael Elias said earlier. No relation. Michael Elias said earlier this year that uh, they they were going to spend this offseason. I heard the day after we got back, Michael Elias was on with the three GMs on Sirius XM. Dan Duquette, Steve Phillips, and Jim Bowden. And Michael Elias basically was still playing the tune. We're not going to do anything to hurt the, the young guys coming forward. And they're like, well, you're, you're kind of on the – you're kind of on the come here to win now, right? Yeah. And he's still talking future. It's like, well, well, wh- wh- when do you want to? When do you want to do it? When are you gonna? I mean, that's the thing about free agents. You don't have to give up any of these prospects. Are you gonna buy some people? Yeah. So I had four four teams in the AL East. Eh. Now Bassett, obviously, I think is great now. But I sent this list out last night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, A's have made it official on Twitter. The trade is official. Uh, so that's we always wait for that from the team to send it out. Uh, athletics communications to send it the out. The A's have gotten better, but I'm not going to go crazy. And, oh my God, they've gotten so much better. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I mean, it's nice adding Aletmus Diaz and and Jace Peterson and Chad Smith who throws hard, but we'll we'll see how that helps. So in the AL Central, you have four. Uh, who who did anything? Uh, Cleveland got Josh Bell. That's it. So I mean. White Sox, yeah, nothing. nothing. Twins, nothing. Royals, the the, the whole the, the AL Central, nothing. The AL West, um, a lot of movement in the AL West. Yeah, uh, see, I, and, and this was and this was this was hard because, like the Astros, you go oh Abreu, but yet they lost Verlander. But I, I had to give them, I had to give them that they brought, they uh, they brought in, they brought in Abreu. But in the West, you look. I mean, the Angels have done some things. We've done some things, but they're not dramatic. They're not crazy. Who'd Seattle get? Seattle acquired. Seattle's uh, really done nothing. They got the trade. It wasn't the winter meetings with it before, but they did the trade with Milwaukee. Uh, no, not Milwaukee. Who they? They traded um, uh, the outfielder Winker somewhere. But I no, let me look at the trade. Oh, Teoscar Hernandez. They got from Toronto. Yeah, but I think they, but they didn't send Winker there. They sent. Uh, oh, that's right, Winker. Winker got traded to the Brewers. It was yeah, but I couldn't remember who the oh Colton Wong. Oh yeah, honey, come on, Colton Wong. Well, they got better defensively, maybe. Stop it. And Tasker Hernandez is a nice player, but yeah, I mean they did something. But yeah, the I mean the Angels added some guys. So National League West. I mean, what the, the, the tra- Dodgers haven't? Dodgers hey, whoa! Are- don't you dare complain. They they signed Shelby Miller to a. You're hurting the argument yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> uh. Sean Manaya to the Giants? I was just bringing that up while you went inside. Two for 25. That's 12 and a half a year for a guy that didn't earache uh, just under five last year. A guy that the Padres couldn't pitch anymore. Yeah. He couldn't. And he, Padre, he was awful versus Padre, the Dodgers. Padres couldn't pitch him anymore. They stopped. I mean, as much as Bob Melvin loves him, they couldn't pitch him anymore. D-backs, there's been some trades, but not much. I mean, Rockies. They haven't done anything. I mean, it's really been the Padres. That's it. There's four teams. I had four teams in the West. They haven't done anything. I mean, you got 20 out of the 30 teams. You could really say, what have they done? 
and getting back to Julian's point, which is a great point, and we'll see what Eno has to say about this, is ownership in baseball is changing. Just is. Little by little, it's happened over the years where ownership groups by teams. It's not one family. It's not one person. It's ownership groups. So if you look at the Guggenheim group that owns the Dodgers, or you look at Fenway Sports, as he was just talking about with the Boston Red Sox, they've got Liverpool and soccer. They've got the Pittsburgh Penguins. They want to buy the Commanders. They're they're into I believe they're into auto racing too. They're they're in they're in all these yeah. different. They're they're a company. It's like Disney. Disney's got parks. Disney's got merch. Disney's got movies. Disney's got all kinds. Of, Disney's all over. D- Disney owns ESPN. Disney's Disney's hands and far reaches into everything. And that's kind of what you're getting into now. You're getting into groups by the team and what do groups want? Groups want money. That's what corporations want. They want money. So when you're sitting there going, well, you know what? If we spent for this guy and we went over the luxury tax and win this, but we're going to win, a lot of these groups go, eh, where's the money? Uh, real quick to add this add-on. There was another move made by the A's. To clear space on the roster, the A's designated infielder Vimael Machine for assignment. So he wasn't that bad last year defensively. He was actually fun to watch at third base. Didn't hit that great, but it, in a year when you're a year of discoveries, we termed it, which I think we can use again this year. No. We gotta find something new. I'll come up with something new. <laughs> you guys all ran with my year of discovery, and then some people try to throw it in my face. I will come up with another one. I guarantee you that. But VML Machine is now was designated for assignment. VML Machine came up and joined us in the treehouse. Correct. He nice did. Nice guy. Nice guy. I like VML. But he's not the answer. No. And he was getting up there in age as well. The so answer. the trade is official. Uh, A's acquire five players. Send Murph, Sean Murphy to the Braves. And Joel, Joel Piamps, we hardly knew yet, to the Milwaukee Brewers. Damn. Interesting stuff. Our sport is real. Sports is getting interesting. And I, you just wonder. And I'm not going to have Eno get into this. I'm just going to say this real quick. I just kind of warn that the money where it's going is obviously the team's got it. Obviously, the players want it. I just don't know how much the fans like it. I mean, you're 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 really getting into. You know, I we were going to start the show today. It's a great article today, and actually it was yesterday from ESPN.com. Just remarks from front office people. Here's one from a general manager. Holy S-bomb. I'm totally speechless. That's what he said about the winter meetings. Yeah, when you're giving out 11 million 11 year contracts for 300 million, 280 million, you know, you start thinking about the kind of money that's going to humans to play sports. It's it's I hopefully not going to be a, a major turnoff to fans. I hope not. I mean, cuz it really, you know, it, it it's getting to where 
and I understand where the play, the, you know, the players have always said we're the product, right? But they view themselves as the players. Well, it's these individuals that are getting the money, and they're not worth it. And they, and they, and they can never physically live up to these deals. So you're giving away money just to give away money. Well, the owners are making so much. Well, this might be the one time I'm on the side of ownership. They bought the business. We all work for businesses. What do we want our businesses to do? We want our businesses to be successful because then they pay us the employees, right? Or if you own a business, your, your, your goal is to make as much money as possible. Somehow along the way, the players have said, wait a minute, but, but we're the product. Well, players are the product, but the players are a revolving door. We're now making this not about the revolving door as the players. You're making this about individuals making money. That's crazy. Yes, players are the product, but there's 26 players for 30 teams. That's, that's the deal. You individuals making all this money is literally ridiculous. I'm paying starters $40 million. I'm paying starters over if they can even get 30 starts. I'm still paying them over a million dollars a start. If, as we established earlier today, is a big word if. I mean, it's crazy. These guys, the agents have done a great job in the negotiations and always that threat. They should have let them walk years ago when they had the strike. They they should have got a salary cap because these numbers are just – Nobody's worth this kind of money. You're just not worth this kind of money. And if the owners are here to make a lot of money, well, they bought the businesses. It's their right. Paying the employees this this percentage of the money, like Jacob DeGrom getting this kind of money, Nemo getting this kind of money for his 16 home runs, Xander Bogarts his year last year, and he's getting 280. It's just it's crazy. My friends and I like to talk about this, but we look at it. They bring it up when we talk about like NFL and NBA contracts because we've always known baseball contracts were always way more. But you look at the NBA contracts now. I mean, but they're capped. Yeah, we look at like the. I, I hate to bring him up, but he's a good example for when he gets older. But he's still playing at a high level. Like Steph Curry, when the last year of his deal is going to make like fifty-seven or fifty-eight it's million. It's capped though. It's based off the revenue. It's based off but the they, cap. Plus, they have a TV. The TV deal is way different. Doesn't matter. It's based off the revenue of the league with the players. There's a cap. You can't pay Steph Curry $300 million. Not true. Can't do it. The, this Trey is- Turner has a better contract than Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a four-time NBA champion. He's a two-time MVP, and Trey Turner makes more money than he does. That's what I'm talking about. This stuff's crazy. This would the the spending that we saw at the winter meetings would be a good start if there was a salary floor you had to reach. These teams are spending money, like a team like us. Yeah, let's we, be honest. We got we got to call it as you yeah, see. It. Yeah, yeah. Say the salary floor was I don't know. We'll say eighty million dollars. We had yeah. to spend money to get to eighty. So if you offer Trey Turner that kind of money, okay, it's a little more justified because you're trying to get to that eighty million. But when you're the Phillies, you don't need to throw out another three hundred million dollar contract when you don't need to. I get it. John Middleton, the owner, wants wants to win. They were in the World Series. Like I get it. But right now, how many owners can we say in baseball are actively like there's what three maybe? Well, this was the this, this was this is this was the the biggest the biggest thing that wasn't really reported about the the lockout was the disparity and the um, agreement between the biggest owners and the smaller owners. I can tell you right now, the smaller owners were not thrilled with this deal. 
And that got reported after, but no one wanted to talk about that. People only wanted to talk about, hey, we're getting back on the field and players are getting more money and the players won. And, uh, owners were getting more money. I've told you, the owners won that deal. It's a joke. Anybody who does, they don't understand business if they think the players won the last CBA. But there's a disparity between the owners. And I just wonder, and something that I'll throw out you probably haven't heard, and I have no problem throwing stuff out. Do I have a problem throwing stuff out there? No. Being a maverick. So that's a good term. I'm not talking Top Gun. I, was, I literally was going to say Top Gun. Or Dallas Mavericks or Mark Cuban. Jerry Jones, who learned from Al Davis. Al Davis, the original NFL maverick. I think the San Diego thing's going to go horribly wrong. Peter Seidler who I believe has battled cancer multiple times. He's a billionaire who owns the Padres. And he he has said, you can't take your wealth to the grave. So he wants to bring a winner to San Diego. I have a feeling what we are going to see is the San Diego Padres are spending so much beyond their means that this is going into personal wealth of Peter Seidler. It's his right. He's the owner. Once again, He's the owner. But what it's showing, though, is that for these smaller market teams to spend like the big market teams, they have to go into potential financial crisis. You have to start spending beyond the organization's money to go into personal wealth to make it happen. Now, some people would say, well, that's what being a sportsman is. It's bad business. But what it shows is the disparity. See, the big market clubs have never, they don't want a salary cap either. The big market clubs don't want that. The big market clubs want to, New York, you got to remember, the A's back in the late 80s, early 90s had one of, if not the highest payroll in baseball. We'll never see that again. Kansas City was up there. We'll never see that again. New York always wants to be at, be able to outspend Kansas City and Oakland and Miami and blah, 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 right? That's what they want. They want to be able to do that. They want to keep the smaller guys. But what this is going to show in San Diego, if this goes horribly wrong, this is going to show that the smaller owners, or I should say the smaller market owners, are going to be able to look at baseball and look at their business partners, which is the other ownership groups, and say, listen, Here's proof. San Diego had to go into financial crisis, which they could. They really could. And when next thing you know, to save their financial crisis, the guy's got to sell the team. And this could be the start of having a legit conversation. And I know this gets back to the antitrust deal and not having to share financials and that kind of stuff. But at some point, if... You know, we're 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 only one year into this CBA. We got four years left. If we have four more winter meetings like this, the disparity between the highs and the lows in baseball between franchises, the have and the have nots is gonna be insane. And could this be the start of actually having to look into and look at the players? The players are gonna fight everybody will fight it like hell, but seems to be working in the NFL and the NBA and hockey. The wildest thing that I mean, we salary talk, cap by the way. Yeah, we talked about what the Mets are doing. Apparently, from what I've read over the weekend, their current payroll is around three hundred thirty million dollars. After this tax and the luxury tax, 
it could be three hundred and ninety-eight million dollars is what they're gonna have at the end of the end of the year next year. H- how is that that good for the sport when you have teams like Oakland, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay that are gonna come nowhere near that combined? And it'll be even worse if the Mets don't win next year. I mean, you're spending all that money not to win. I mean, we'd say that with the Yankees and other teams too. But I, to me, I just I've never been a big. We need a. I, I think more of a salary floor than a salary cap for sure. But I mean, when Steve Cohen, the 38th richest man in America, according to Ken Rosenthal's piece, and he's worth 17 and a half billion dollars, uh, can spend like this. I mean, how's that fair to the sport? And then we're always going to talk about that. But that's where I think the salary floor, setting it between, what, 80 and and $100 million could actually help the sport a lot. Because, I mean, hockey has a salary cap, but all the teams spend right around the same amount of money. I'm, I know some teams are a little spend a little less more than others do. But all these, all these other sports have figured out. I, I wish baseball would figure it out. I'm, and I'm never going to sit here and cry for the salary cap. But I think the floor really would help the sport. And I don't think we're anywhere near getting that floor that some people want. I just want to give you an idea of the kind of money we're talking about. Which this is hard to believe. And I'm just going to read you this article. This is coming from the L.A. Times. This is unbelievably, laughably untrue. Oh, wait a minute. Let me. It's crashing on me. Um, Crashed on me. Got to go back. It's the debt that California is now getting into. New York, I mean, these states are, I mean, the kind of debt that states are getting into. I mean, you t- I mean, you look at, you're spending billions of dollars on players. Now, these are private businesses, but it's just like, you start looking at debt and cities and <laughs> and baseball players are. I was looking at the list that you had up, like the t- and it's just on your, like, never would have thought Illinois was one of the. Highest debt country uh, states in the in the country. It's crazy, it's crazy. I mean, we're talking. We had we had three big mayors races in California: L.A., San Jose, and Oakland. And the and the two main things were crime, crime slash guns, and homelessness. Right? Correct. But yet we're giving baseball players eleven years, three hundred thirty million, three hundred million, three hundred thirty million, three hundred sixty million, four hundred thirty-five million. To one guy to play in a baseball game, playing baseball games for six months, it's crazy. This not that the, the money is is just, it's, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but this was one of the big takeaways and the articles that are coming out. As I said, it was in on ESPN where, I mean, just names of guys. I mean, you had you know Montero, the reliever for the Astros, and Suarez, the reliever for the Padres. These guys aren't even closers, and combined, they got eighty point five million. I say they were close to eighty, which is ridiculous. Eighty point five million for two guys who are not even closers. Oh, Daniel, Daniel Robertson got ten for one year, or not David Robertson got ten for one year, and he's not a closer. It's just insane. Those deals are well. It wasn't Montero negotiated by Crane too, so. It's just it's just wild that what non closers are getting and a lot of these players are getting. I mean, it's it's well before. I mean, I think I have a there was a point in here. Um, I think it was on an ESPN article about yeah. For this is from Ken Rosenthal's piece over the weekend. Sixteen percent of free agents who signed contracts of fifty million or more from '06 to tw- 2021 stayed with their clubs. Sixteen percent of those guys ended up staying with their team. California's debt as of 2021 
143.73 billion and expected to increase by 2027 to 188.54. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's just it's just oh my god. Um but in the end, you know, you got to respect the teams that are going for it. I, I, you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy. We're just not sitting here talking about no moves. Yeah. Again, like I bring this up all the time. Can you imagine it was the offseason with Manny and Harper? We had to wait till February. How about? I mean, I got the latest, l- the latest rumors here. Of course, correct. By the way, is, is this the second straight year we're having to constantly be like the hook about Carlos Correa? I keep saying it. Everybody talks about how Correa this, Correa that. Never got the deal that he was looking for last year. And here we are again this year. We're going through the same song and dance. It's the same. It's the same. Where the here's a, When will the Correa market heat up? Well, I thought it's been heated for weeks. Years, actually. What, 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 what is – if this guy is, is such the greatest thing – the most hell-on-wheels player you got to have, what is – and you can say, hey, he's a Boris client. Hey, the other guys have signed. You don't, you don't think if you offered Carlos Correa 11 years, $300 million, he would have signed by now? Oh, yeah. He signs the Trey Turner deal. Yeah, There's a rumor out there from um... – So the bottom line is he hasn't been given it. There's a rumor out there from The Athletic, I think it's Aaron Gleeman who covers the Twins, that the Twins have a massive contract offer out there for – for for Correa, how massive? It, it didn't have the details. It just said massive. Yeah, no one gives details on Correa. So, it, but apparently the, the two teams in on him as the market heats up, as you say, as you like to say, or uh, or the oh my god, two years in a row we've dealt with this. Are the San Francisco Giants and the Minnesota Twins? Apparently. Are we? Do we have Eno coming on? Yeah, he's, I'm waiting for him to pop up here. But uh, like, I saw when you're looking at people who potentially could be moved, it looks like. The Marlins are looking to move some pitchers, potentially. They've got Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers. You've got, you know, Murph was a part of the, these rumors. He got moved today. Uh, there's an excess of catchers for the Toronto Blue Jays they could move. Brian Reynolds. Apparently apparently the Pirates are, apparently they want the one Soto package for Brian Reynolds. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. 
you know, in the last two years, all right, so I was asking you the question, trying to make a little joke of the Carlos Correa. I mean, every single day for the last two off seasons is markets heating up, offers are going to come in, blah, blah, blah. I mean, how many times have we – how many times have you could just guess on all the different websites, all the different rumors we've heard things are heating up for Carlos Correa? Yeah, I mean, he's holding out. He wants to to, to milk the most out of his uh, – this is his time. I mean, as a 28-year-old, he's the youngest of the four shortstops that's out there. He also has the best patience and the best power. He also might be the one to move off the soonest, off of shortstop. Uh, but at 28, you figure you still at least have two or three more years of him at shortstop. So I think he did the one-year deal thing last year, and this year he wants to get the best deal he can get. And I guess, I guess if there is some disconnect uh, between the market and what's happening and why he hasn't signed yet, uh, is that when you give uh, someone the $300 million package, you're kind of making them the de facto leader in your clubhouse. So maybe there's just some, you know, feeling from teams of, uh, from 2017 from the cheating scandal or, uh, you know, just some worry about making him the sort of de facto leader in the clubhouse with this me- mega deal that you'd be giving him. Yeah, I don't know about the taxes with the Dodgers and all of that, and they still got to figure out what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer for their taxes. But but they came out and said, they you know, said we're not into it. <laughs> they said their fans don't like them. They don't like them really from today. Yeah. So it's like it's so weird because I would bet if you offered him 11 years, $300 million, the Trey Turner deal, he'd be signed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where he's headed. Although you never know if he needs to beat it by 10 cents. You know, the whole thing <laughs> the whole thing that went down with Max Scherzer, people were like, can Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander be on the same team? I'm like, yeah, if you give Justin Verlander 10 cents more per year. I mean, literally, I'm sure those contracts break down so that Verlander gets 10 cents more. That's, that's how competitive these guys are. Uh, do they need to bring back any other 2013 Tigers to join them there in, in New York? <laughs> to, to, to mediate, to yeah. stand between them. <laughs> They're not going to be I mean, you know, you know, starting pitchers, though, they, they don't have to interact that often. You know, they just got to come in every five days. They got to do their work. I think I think they'll be fine. But yeah. Uh, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be something, uh, coming with Korea eventually. <laughs> so this came down, Sean Murphy, the trade that involved two other teams, the Braves and the Brewers. How do you feel the A's did? And how do you feel about the trade? You know, I think the A's, uh, it's their biggest strength and maybe their biggest weakness is that they really like uh, projectable, safer uh, prospects. They like uh, someone who's close to the big leagues who will play. You know, they like to plug in guys who will play. They like to get double A, triple A. They don't really like to get the 17 year old in a ball. Um, and so the, the way that helps them is that next year they will have a representative team. I mean, they will put people out there that know how to play baseball. You know, they'll put Esther Ruiz out there and he will be a good outfielder defensively. Um, and the rest of the game is really a question mark in terms of, uh, you know, how much power will he have? He had one of the lowest hard hit rates in the minors, um, and, uh, how the on base percentage will will uh, translate if he doesn't really have that power or elite contact. So I think there's a lot of questions about him as a player. I think he could easily end up as a fourth outfielder. And I think that the A's evaluation of him was higher than the market. I think that's the, that's sort of what's happening on Twitter. And that's how I see it myself at the same time. 
it's not they're gonna have to wait four years for him <laughs> like they're gonna plug him in next year and that's that's something that they do often like why would any other team ask for manny pina back in this trade <laughs> but they were like here's a veteran that we can put behind shea that's going to play at catcher next year and he's worth the three four million he's paid and so let's put him on our team so that's that's a strength and a weakness embodied in this trade i think what about the big lefty muller he has uh, really good breaking balls that he can command and a good changeup. So I like his secondary pitches. Uh, he has not shown the ability to command the fastball, and the fastball may have uh, may have a bad shape. So uh, a player that has some really good strengths and some weaknesses. And people say, oh, he was the Braves' number one prospect on the list. I don't think that's being fair. The Braves have graduated most of their prospects, and what's left is not, you know, if their number one prospect is not everybody else's number one prospect. He's somebody that's, you know, would be somewhere in the 110 to 120th ranked prospect in the, in the, in the game. So I've heard the deal being given a C. What grade would you give it? I mean, honestly, I think the Brewers get an A. Uh, they turned uh, Ruiz into Wilson Contreras, and that's that's an offensive catcher. He's going to be one of the best hitters right away. Um, the Braves, I think, get like a B because they had a pretty good catcher, but Sean Murphy is, you know, he's, we, we all know how excellent he is. He was just an amazing, hardworking guy that knows how to frame, knows how to hit. He's just a real professional top three, four type catcher in the game. So maybe they get an A for that. I, I might be lower than a C on this. Wow. I just, Go ahead. Uh, I see question marks on every guy that they got. And, uh, you know, if you're going to get guys that are close to the big leagues, I would like fewer question marks. So uh, maybe that's just not how you get it. Maybe you have to either get them close to the big leagues or get fewer question marks on a 17 year old. I don't know. Maybe you can't get everything, but when you're trading Sean Murphy, it's three years of a top three catcher in the, in the big leagues. I feel like you should come away with a, a shining jewel. And I think for the A's history Ruiz is that, but he's, he isn't for me. All right. What do you think it does for the pitching staff though? Bring in guys that give you a chance to be in the big leagues this coming season. Well, I mean, one thing that you will have in the outfield uh, for the A's are some really good running speeds. I mean, if you go Pache, uh, Ruiz, Loreano out there, they are going to run it down. You know, they are going to run it down. They are going to run real fast and they're going to, they're going to pick it for you. So that does help you. And you know, for what it's worth, I am in the tank for Shay Langliers. Like I really enjoyed talking to him this last year. I think he has a really good head on his shoulders. And I think they just, maybe part of this is they believe in him. And uh, from what I've gathered from talking to him, I believe in him. He's going to strike out a little bit more than Sean Murphy though. So I don't know if he's going to be the same uh, force offensively behind the plate. My thing with Murph is, He's never, to me, going to be that guy that you'd build your lineup around. He'll look great in the lineup, down in the lineup for the Atlanta Braves. For the A's, trying to hit third or fourth full-time, just never did just it think for it, me. It was a lot for him. I mean, I saw him pregame, and he almost sometimes looks exhausted because he had to do everything, you know? He would have been the everything guy for the A's. And I think you're right. Maybe that's a lot to ask of your catcher. I mean, you're just you're you're putting him out there, 650 plate appearances. That's a lot for a catcher, you know, because he's got to do all three. He's got to he's got to know everything in all three phases of the game. You, you burn, you burn him out quick. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a little bit of that where he was just he was working really hard. 
And then all of a sudden you look and it's 17, 18 home runs. And you're like looking at the, you know, it's like, I, it's to me, unless you have someone so gifted like a Mike Piazza or a Pudge Rodriguez, it is so hard to build your lineup around a catcher. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping, I was hoping that in this trade, they would get a guy that I'd be like, oh, that's someone I build my lineup around. And I don't think Ruiz has that sort of power. You Are know? those days kind of done? I mean, because you look at the meetings, we're down there and everything. Every, these the way these front offices yeah. are built everybody has the same numbers everybody has the same beliefs nobody wants to give prospects up anymore they rather pay they rather pay huge dollars in free agency we're just not seeing those trades yeah i suppose it's it's true because yeah i think what everybody wanted was von grissom you know, for the for the A's. Once this started breaking down, they said, oh, you know, they need some help up the middle. Von Grissom uh, for Sean Murphy. That sounds about right. Maybe the A's, maybe the Braves weren't anywhere close to giving up for Von Grissom, you know, because here's a guy who's played in the major leagues and they think can play for them next year. And he plays up the middle in, in, on the infield. You know, maybe that's just wasn't going to happen. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a fair point, you know, when you're talking about the top five prospects around the game, maybe the, the Yankees weren't going to give up like a Jason Dominguez or, you know, whatever these, these top guys are, maybe they're just not going to get traded. Well, and then, you know, I, I was listening the day after, after we got back, I was listening to Mike Elias talk about, you know, what they're trying to do there in Baltimore. And he's still talking about future, future, future. He was on Sirius XM with uh, Steve Phillips, Jim Bowden, and Jim Duquette, all three former GMs. They were all kind of like, hey, Mike, your time's kind of now, right? You're ready to win. You're ready to battle the guys in the NL East. He's like, well, you know, we still have growth, and uh, we don't want to deal with our prospects. So, it's you know, a lot of these guys, they are going to hold on to these prospects no matter what. Yeah, and it's a little surprising that the Orioles, he kind of talked about not going past three years or something, not not doing these big deals. And it's a little surprising because I think the if the Padres have done something right in the recent years, I think one of the one of the main things you can point to is the signing of Manny Machado. And then that signing came a little bit early for them in terms of winning, you know, that came before they had made the playoffs. And some people thought it was a lot of money for a guy that you know, would did he have the leadership skills? To, Character to issues, there? we like to call them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of in this like Carlos Correa moment, right? Isn't there yeah. like a little bit of a parallel to Carlos Correa? Where it's like, here's a guy who's going to get big money that people wonder if this is the right the right move, you know? Yeah. And what 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 could it do for the Orioles to to get in there and get Carlos Correa for 300 million and just plug a guy in on that infield and just makes everybody better over time and all that takes pressure off of the Gunnar Henderson types and all these guys that have to come up and you have a star and then the second star is easier to sign because you already have Carlos Correa over there and they say oh I, I believe you I believe you're going to try and put a good team together now what they have to do is they have to win for a bunch of years to convince anybody to take their money you know what I mean? Because at this point, you know, you, we've seen it with Trey Turner. We've seen it with a lot of these guys. At some point, you have be deals in front of you that are very similar. So at some point, Trey Turner realized, I've got two or three $300 million deals on the table. I can choose. And he chose the Phillies. That's not that weird. They were just in the World Series. It makes a lot of sense. They, they've already paid a lot for other guys. They have another $300 million guy. Trey Turner doesn't even have to be the number one guy. You know, so he chose what he chose. Aaron Judge at some point probably realized that he had somewhere between 350 and 400 million on the table. Did he want to squeeze every single dime out of it and go back to the to go to the Giants? Or did he did he want to stay where he was comfortable and take the 360? 
So it is hard sometimes to sign these big deals. And maybe he's just covering his ass because nobody was actually going to take any of the Orioles' money unless they overpaid significantly. So you start looking around baseball. I did it last night. I went through divisions. I went, look how many teams have either done just a little bit or nothing at all. It vastly outweighs the teams that have done something. So now that you're back from the winter meetings, you know, finally Bassett today goes the Blue Jays. Okay, Blue Jays. But there's a lot of teams that have done very little or nothing at all. And some are even big market teams. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the Tampa Bay Rays signed their biggest, uh, their biggest uh, free agent deal ever. And it's been their only move, basically. Uh, signing Zach Eflin, um, you know, kind of a fourth or fifth starter to a three-year, $40 million deal. So, um, you know, there are these weird things where, you know, everyone's trying to stay true to their market and, and, and like, you know, uh, make smart deals and stuff. And, and the Tigers are out here and they made one deal, you know, one year, $10 million to Matthew Boyd. It's so weird uh, to, to have, you know, the, the Rockies have signed one team one player jose urania for for three and a half million yeah, how so your Mar- like, how your marlins and royals doing yeah i don't even i don't even see anything on that uh <laughs> oh wait a minute dodgers got shelby miller and uh justin uh justin hayward jason hayward, jason and, hayward. And, well you know clayton the guy named clayton kershaw signed resigned but... yeah that didn't count you're resigning your own they haven't made any yeah. deals that's why i don't even look at it. i mean canely obviously with the yankees but they're re-signing judge you're just retaining your guy i kind of buy that the dodgers might be uh eyeing shohei otani next year um you know because you know the the yankees have done this before too where they kind of reset they want to stay under the the cap for a year and reset all those penalties and and then go back at it in the next year uh so i could see the dodgers looking at this as a reset and they're going to go get otani next year but i do wonder just you know uh, I like that Cleveland today signed Josh Bell because there's a team that uh, was in it and won their division and has a lot of young talent and, and has spent more money in the past. Why don't they do more mid-level deals and get some young, play- get some small like deals in there, get some, get some like sort of mid-tier guys in there to help all their young guys. And so I think the Josh Bell signing is something that more teams should do more of. Um, and in general, I think uh, that the, there should be more movement. You know, what's going to happen that uh, will help a little bit is once the free agents are settled, once more of the names are signed, then we'll get all those trades that we haven't been getting. I mean, it's been a really uh, lackluster trade market so far. Yeah. Today was one like probably the biggest trade of the, the offseason. And, uh, and uh, I think we'll have more of that once people realize, oh, I'm not getting one of these top shortstops or uh oh all the the starting pitchers off the board i better start talking the marlins or whatever it is you know so rodon was looked at as a blue jay bassett signs with the blue jays we've heard new york obviously he was in san francisco you know that was kind of the big dilemma for me as we watched you walk out of the winter meetings uh i was watching the giants people walk out basically even before you some of them and I remember running into Bobby Evans, former GM of the Giants, and said, hey, Bobby, when your PR's getting out of here that fast, you're pretty much done, right? He said, yeah. So it's like yeah. the Giants went to Giants went to San Diego to land judge, didn't get him, and then they bolted out of town. Where are you with – they had all this money. They got Mania today. 
I know you you, you tweeted about Manaya. Where are you on the San Francisco Giants in their offseason? I mean, they're the team that needed to do very different. They're having like a Cleveland offseason. They really needed to have a, a, a Yankee or Dodger offseason. You know what I mean? Like, they really needed the judge signing, I think. Mitch Hanniger and Sean Manaya are the types of players that – you know, smaller market teams could could steal from the big market teams. The Giants need to act like a big market team. I'm surprised they're not in it for Rodon, but I guess they they've already shown that they want to be shorter deal guys for their for their, their pitchers. You know, Sean and I had two years. Rodon when he first came in year with an opt out. You know, so that's how they were going to be on pitchers. There are, there is still a big hitter on the market. Carlos Correa, I think, would make a lot of sense for the Giants. Here it is again. The, the headline: Markets heating well, up for Correa. <laughs> <laughs> but but the Giants need a, a star. And, you know, I thought something like maybe if they didn't get Judge, a Korea Nimmo uh, project would go well. But uh, Nimmo went for about six, $60 million more than he was projected for uh, at Fangraph. So maybe that price got too high. But there's really only one position player that I want still on the market uh, that could make, move the needle for the Giants, and that's Carlos Correa. Because to me, Danzy Swanson is the kind of guy where – you, you know, give him 250 million, 220 million. You say, I didn't spend 300 million. Well, you didn't get a $300 million player either. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, he's clearly the fourth best shortstop among these. And I'm, I, I think he'll be at second base in two years and he doesn't really have the power or patience or contact ability to kind of float uh, an offensive friendly uh, profile. Who plays the longest at short? Well, Correa is twenty-eight, so I'll I'll give I'll give it to Correa. But you had I, you you had him off short not too long though. You you were well, like, right. So if you're saying like longest from now, I'll say Correa just because he's the youngest, right? Like but how mean, long? What are you gonna give him? Like 30, 31, right? But like Trey Turner is already thirty, so that might be two three years for for Correa. I think in terms of who stays the longest according to their age, it's Turner because he's he's got the best legs. Turner will be at shortstop till the age of what? Like 32. Oh, God. That's like two years. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, like, listen, like this might sound crazy. And you're like, oh, my God, they just signed it for 11 years. And, you know, this guy's saying that, you know, he's going to that, that there's not that, that he's not going to be at shortstop past two more years. Well, just to give you an idea of like, you know, how age resort relates to uh, shortstops this year. I'm just looking at shortstops this year, qualified shortstops. Uh, there was Elvis Andrews at 33. I don't think anybody thought he would make it through the year as a starting shortstop. I mean, he had kind of a resurgent year, and I doubt anybody signs him next year to be a full-time starting shortstop. So he's done at 33 as a full-time starting shortstop. Can we maybe agree? Even if he has another deal? I mean, he's, I'm not, you're not signing him to be your starting shortstop at this point. Uh, the other one is Miguel Rojas at 33, probably already on his way out a little bit. The other one is Kyle Farmer. I don't even know if he was a starting shortstop. <laughs> Nobody else did it. Nobody. Where you, you know? get where where, where 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 will you get value at a Turner when he's 38, 39? He has the best 40. legs, center. So he he'll go, I think, from short to center. Uh, and then, uh, I do think it's going to be a little bit weird. It's going to be weird at 38. I don't know what it's going to look like. Cause how many guys had good legs? Okay. Power, not elite contact. Like if everything goes right, Ricky, there's something similar to Ricky. Oof. That's a right. Rough, that's a rough comparison, but okay. What about Xander? 
What are you going to do with Xander no, when he's I mean, 38? No, that's that's the best case scenario. Yes, it's a rough comparison. Like he's not, he's probably not Ricky, but he's, I mean, it's similar. It's a guy who can steal a lot of bases, has really good legs, and has more power than you expect. Where do you got Xander at 38? Um, Surf, um, surfing in Mission Beach. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't do the things that, like I would say, DH or first, right? Because he's going to go to third, and then he doesn't have the. He's not going to be an outfielder. He doesn't have really have the legs for it. So he's going to go from third to first. That's how it goes. And then uh, he doesn't have that. Like he doesn't do what Correa does, which is like wait for his pitch and then and barrel it. Right? He's more of kind of a hit tool guy. So what are you going to do with a first baseman DH who's 38 who can hit you 270 with like 15 homers and doesn't really have any speed? I think part-time DH first baseman. Yeah, I, we just have to come to grips that they're signing these to 11-year deals to help them with the salary cap, and they know that year 9, 10, 11 are going to be a wash. They might not even be on the roster. Yeah. yeah. They're not, you're not – I mean, so the the move to third, to first, uh, center, to uh, these guys' ID. Well, that's happening in the 30s. <laughs> so I, I don't know what happens in the late 30s. <laughs> Probably off the roster at some point. Yes. I mean, that's crazy. Rodon, where does he go? Back to the Giants? I don't know. I think the Yankees maybe. Because he's the is he the last big other than Correa the last the last big fish we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are the two big fish. And behind uh, Rodon, in terms of the best starting pitchers, you're talking about Ross Stripling and Corey Kluber already. So it's uh, it is a sort of last chance saloon, a little bit you know end of the night at the bar uh, for for starting pitcher market. Uh, if you're looking at Carlos Correa, uh, at least you can say, well, there's Dansby Swanson behind him. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, Brandon Drury. I don't know. It's getting thin there too, but um, you know, there's always the at least there's Dansby Swanson crowd. I wanted to I wanted to find out what you were hearing in San Diego about the Padres because it sounded like there's people that are worried, like they are spending well beyond their means. Does this now go into the personal wealth of the owner? Fans don't care, but whenever you start doing that. And things you don't win, and you don't win consecutively. You know things can. We, we've seen things go bad in baseball. We 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 saw things go bad for Frank McCourt and the Los Angeles Dodgers. We've seen certain things just go sideways. What were you? What were the concerns you were hearing about? Just the money that the Padres were throwing around at the time. I mean, everybody's asking about it. I, you know, I, I guess the. A nicer way of looking at it is they're only a little bit into the first uh, level of the pay, of the luxury tax right now, two hundred thirty-five million. Uh, if they if things went wrong and then you wanted to reset, uh, Blake Snell and Yu Darvish come off the market off their payrolls next year, thirty-five million dollars. Drew Pomerantz, forty-five million dollars. So forty-five million dollars will come off if they really need to reset and get under the luxury tax. They can do it. So they're not into funny money, Steve Cohen territory yet. That guy has a three hundred and forty million dollar payroll, which will cost him almost four hundred million because of the taxes. So that's that's like a whole nother territory. And if you wanted to ask, you could say, well, yes, yeah, Steve Cohen has the money to do that. <laughs> I don't think Peter Seidler has that kind of money. At the same time, people were talking about it, and it was something that we talked about at the bar, and we talked about when you're talking about how the Padres is doing this and i don't know you know it's one of the things i don't know if it's fair to speculate like this but one of the things people were talking about was that peter seidler's had two scrapes with uh cancer 
uh, and uh, maybe he just wants to win. And we saw a little bit of that with the Tigers uh, near the end with Illich, where he just wanted to win, and he put some money on the table and bought uh, some good teams, and they made it to the to the World Series around that time. So. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, it's kind of refreshingly old school where, you know, teams used to be bought by people that wanted to win. They wanted to have a toy and like would spend whatever money it took to like win with their toy. You know, So it's kind of an old school approach. And uh, I don't it's fine with me if that's what he wants to do with his money. You know, like the Padres are better now for it. I, I, I'm with it until I get Miguel Cabrera in six really bad years of a contract. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, you have to be careful. And I'm a little bit worried. I did, you know, uh, you know, I stay in touch with analysts around the game and stuff. And I did get texts about the Xander Bogart deal because generally, what you're seeing is, I think the the market, you know, we we had to sign a CBA, and once you sign a CBA, normally there's a little bit more spending afterwards because teams are like, okay, we're going, we know what's going to happen for the next five years, so we're there's cost certainty. We know yeah. what's going on in the game, right? So that's part of it. Then you also have recovery from COVID, where you know there was a bad year in 20 and 2021 was getting that back and 2022 was like a, just a nice normal year where most uh most attendances came back to where they used to be so there's some more money in the deal then you have the new money from uh, uh apple peacock you know you have these new streaming uh, uh sources and there was a discussion of maybe putting logos on the on the um on the uniforms so uh, or putting putting an ad on the uniform. So there's potential new money in the future that people are thinking about. So generally, the market is happy. And so you, then you say, if all these deals look like overpays, then no, that's just the new market. This is where we are. This is what, you know, teams are willing to spend. However, in that context, I still got a text from somebody who was agreeing with me on all that and thought the Xander Bogart's deal was an overpay. Well, I, I so, and I would just like to say this, that at this point, where these markets are, it is scary because a lot of the team, you know, we see certain teams paying it. So a lot of mm-hmm. the other teams not paying it. So the divide between have and have nots continues to grow. And then now the have nots are looking at if I do get a great shortstop that I bring up through my system, we're now setting the precedent of 9, 10, 11 years, 280 plus million. So now, so that's where I, I know a lot of fans go, I like that they that, that team's doing it, but don't think that down the line that's not going to affect your team. Yeah, I mean, like for a team like the A's, it means trading the guy earlier than you think, right? <laughs> well, it's like get... the NFL. Let's talk about another sport. You got one quarterback gets it. That's great. He's, he's phenomenal. Well, you bring up the quarterback. He's not as good, but he wants the money, same money as the great quarterback. So <laughs> yeah. you're stuck having to pay your average guy like a great player. It affects everybody. It affects you in right. basketball, NFL. That's why I'm saying like some people, I know what you said. Ah, oh, they're sportsmen. Spend your money. Try and win. But don't think that someone's reckless spending is not going to affect you. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's fair to say, well, uh, there are teams that don't spend as much and still win. Um, however, the correlation between spending and wins is tightening over time. I think it's because teams generally have the same playbook. They're all like, yeah. oh, we need to develop guys. You need to hug your prospects. You need we love barrel rate. We love, uh, you know, we love chase rate. We love discipline. You know, like there's there's very little like Ooh, we figured something out. Look at the Guardians. They might have they, they're trying something different where they're like we're going all contact. Right. Like we all our guys make a ton of contact. 
how long until if that works, other teams just do it too. You know? So and the and the Dodgers and Yankees buy guys that 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 can make contact. So how long does that competitive advantage last for the Guardians? And what you have also seen is look at who won it all. Look at who won the World Series. I don't I think it's been 20 years since a somebody in the bottom half of the salary uh, in terms of salary output won it all. So, you know, there is a question of like, yes, you can win. And then that's something that people talk about in, in Oakland, right? But it doesn't work in the playoffs. It's like you can put together teams that win. But could you put together a team that won it all without spending more money? And just think about the team that won it all. They've let Garrett Cole. Bye bye. Carlos Correa. Bye bye. Justin. Yeah, we just replace them from within. Justin Verlander. They've let great players go. It's they have a guy, Hunter Brown, that if you overlay him with his mechanics, like if you do one of those overlays that they do online, he looks exactly like Justin Verlander. They just developed another guy that just looks like Justin Verlander. <laughs> like, why can't we're gonna we plug do this that? guy? Where's our Verlander? Uh, <laughs> give me a big holiday surprise. You see, you're hearing anything that will be a big holiday surprise for us? No, I don't. I don't have anything for you. I think. Uh, I think that. I think the trade market will be interesting. I think once we see Correa and Rodon sign, there's going to be a, a trade thing. And I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily give you know, Danzy Swanson two hundred fifty million dollars just because I got left to holding the bag. So I might start. Uh, you know, exploring some really interesting trade options. One thing that, like, I think about right now is the D-backs have, like, five outfielders. Yes, and young can, athletic outfielders. They're all young. They're all, like, left-handed hitting, and one of them can even play catcher. So I could see – I see the D-backs being right in the middle of something really interesting when it comes to the next trade. Gavin Lux doesn't have a good arm at second. You really think he's going to play short? But I don't know what uh, I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do. Maybe they uh, find some way. You know what they love doing is uh, short deals on high average annual salaries. So maybe they can uh, convince Danzy Swanson to come in for two years and fifty million, but they don't want to pay the, the long term deal. I mean, they got center field, third base. They got all kinds of positions they need to fill. Yeah, I mean, I, I like some of those guys that they're finally coming up. Miguel Vargas. They're you know they they are their player development is pretty decent. And they're going to develop some guys to to plug some holes in, but uh, you would expect them to have been more uh, more active on the on the market. All right, so I mean, they let Cody Bellinger go, and he signed for the exact same m- number that he would have signed for in L.A. That's crazy. I mean, the Cubs. I was like, are you serious? All right, this is our last show before I don't even know when 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 are we coming back in January, Commander. It's like the ninth, I think. The ninth? Yeah, I think it's January 9th. You know how much could happen between then? What, Rodon and Correa? Oh no, no. Correa will Correa will not have signed by the time <laughs> we come back. And but but the market and we'll still the market's still heating up. It's the market still <laughs> What are you doing with your family for the holidays? Uh we are staying in uh for Christmas and then we're gonna go down to San Diego for New Year's. So back down there. Well, there's a lot of money down there. While we were, there, everybody was getting it. You might, you you might as well find some of it while you're down there, my friend. Yes, and uh, and I'll and I'll be having some good beer down there, and uh, also uh, beer I'm having right now. That's a, a great wintertime deal. Is the Firestone Walker has this uh, mocha stout? That's a it's a nitro stout. So you pour it hard, and it and it has these beautiful little waves that go through. Uh, and it's got a little coffee and a little bit of mocha, and uh, it's a perfect way to kind of uh, I don't drink coffee, so it's a little bit like a – it's my version of coffee. 
I mean, and you can drink it any time of the day. You can drink coffee yeah, at any time of the day. It's the holidays, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm decorating the tree. I'm going to pour this beer here. 8 a.m. <laughs> Santa's here. Uh, the partnership with you has been a great success. Fieldwork has been a great partner. Obviously, you know how we feel about your work. You're one of the smartest in the business. We just want to thank you for helping us get better here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. And I can't tell you how much. We look forward to 2023 and our partnership with you. So you be well and uh, have a great time. Good Christmas and have a great time in San Diego. And we'll see you in 2023. Yeah. Happy holidays and everything. Thanks for having me on. And let's do some live events in the spring. And uh, I really enjoy it. I'm thinking spring training event. Let's get a spring training event going early. I like it. I like it. Take care. All right, see you guys. Eno the Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Boom. I feel, I feel like everyone's going to San It's where I'm, my wife and I are going for... You're going back to San Diego? Yeah, well, it was we're we're doing a New Year's trip part two because well we went last year and uh, COVID got us while we were down there, so we're gonna try to do it again this year. But my wife's grandmother's 80th birthday, they're doing a celebration in San Diego prior to New Year, so nice. It's a lot of traveling coming up for me. I'm going to Boise on Monday f- for the San Jose State. I'm still working on that. Whatever, whoever they're playing in the Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan in the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl game that's next Tuesday. So I'm going in Boise Monday for three days. Come home. We're spending Christmas at home because my wife Problem works. Problem is getting back. The flights are way expensive coming back. Uh, yeah, we ended up getting, I think it was a little under 300 bucks for one person round trip. So, Rodon and Correa, that's it. Uh, we're down to two. We're, uh, do we count Dansby Swanson? I mean, he's one of the big four. Yeah. So, those three. Because you thought, you thought at this point we'd be talking about Taiwan Walker and Jamison Tyone. But they went early. Yeah. Uh, Walker to the Phillies. Right, and tie under the, to the yeah to Cubs. the Cubs. Tyon was what four for sixty eight, and Walker was I think four for seventy one. Wait a minute, I have what they combined for. They combined for a hundred and forty million for Walker and Tyon. A hundred and forty million for those two guys. That's a lot of money for two guys that are Brandon Nemo, not Nemo. Why is everybody calling him Nemo? Nemo's a fish in a, a Disney mo- movie. Well, because I think I think Boris did something a pl- play on words with Nemo, and because I think that's just one of his guys. Yeah, it, it's Nemo. He had 16 home runs. Very good defensively, but yeah. It's, it, it, but I don't. I can't justify that deal. It's so Bogarts. No, 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 no. There were six nine-figure deals at the winter meeting. Six. Is that any good? $162 million for Brandon Nemo? Nemo. Nemo. <laughs> now you got me saying. Nemo. That's a lot $162 of money. Million for 16 home runs? Oh, he's good defensive. I could pay a guy 700000 to be a good defensive center fielder. So the Dodgers- you could have Christian Pache. He's all the center fielder you need. I was just going to say the Dodgers are now with Jason Hayward. You yeah. replace? You should have just traded Bellinger for Hayward. But you're getting Hayward for a lot cheaper because you signed him off after he was cut. Well, he's a free agent. His contract was up. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you you got you you signed him for literally nothing. Where instead of what the Brave or the Cubs are paying him a ton of money to do nothing offensively. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy times. And once again, 
Let's go over again what the in case someone's just joining us what the A's got. Okay, so the A's acquired Sean Murphy, by the way, traded to the Braves and the Brewers are a part of the deal. So A's acquired left handed pitcher Kyle Mahler, who was six seven. Uh, they got right-handed pitcher Freddie Tarnick, who was the sixth best prospect according to MLB.com. He's a right-handed uh, right-handed pitcher. Manny Pena, who's like thirty, who's thirty-five, not like thirty, but he's thirty-five years old, so he'll be a thirty-five veteran. right now. Thirty-five right, yeah. so he'll be a, he'll be a veteran for you. And minor league uh, right-hander Robert or Roy Bear Salinas, and they also got Estuary Ruiz from the Brewers, who was their number eight prospect. The Brewer, and then yeah, so there you go. Oh, and VMIO Machine DFA'd as well. David Force is supposed to speak at three thirty. And Chris Bassett is signed today with the Toronto Blue Jays. Bassey, now a Toronto Blue Jay, three years, $63 million, uh, pending a physical, uh, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN. And we saw another former A last night. Sean and I get two years, $25 million, with an opt-out, reported opt-out after 2023 to go to the San Francisco Giants. Don't have to get into it, but a very bad year last year from Anaya, So Very rough. So the, apparently the from what Susan Slusser, our friend, is saying, the Giants are still not out on Rodon. Uh, there was a very interesting article in the San Jose Mercury News. Evan Wiebeck, I believe is how you say his name. Yeah, he's a new Giants. He replaced Kerry Crowley. Yeah, we might want to have him on. He did a very good article about what it was like at 5 in the morning for Farhan to wake up to the text saying that Aaron Judge is staying with the New York Yankees. And – Reading the article and reading the stuff, Judge let everybody knew, everybody know that if you are going to sign him and he's going to leave this legacy of the Yankees, which who was talking about that the whole time? You. That you were going to have to dramatically overpay. Like, dramatically overpay. So even when Judge flew in to meet with the Padres real quick in San Diego before heading to Hawaii for his anniversary, you got to think state taxes. You start doing the state taxes of what it's going to cost, 13.3% of state taxes, every game you play in California, every game that you play for Giants, Padres, whoever. Every single time, let's just say he's a Giant. Every single time he plays for the Giants, 13.3%. Every single time he plays against across the Bay against the A's. Then he goes down to play the Dodgers and plays all the road games against the Dodgers and the Padres. And then he's going to play games against Anaheim. You add up all the taxes. You literally have to blow and New York's a high tax rate, but state tax, but not as much as ours. You got to blow and you, you don't play. You only play your home games and then the Mets. Think about that. Yeah. You don't have two other teams in your division. See, that's the thing about signing with the Giants you can even say for the A's, at least you got one team in the Angels. But if you're if you're if you're in the if you're in the National League West, you've got your taxes for your team, and then the two other teams you got to play in your division. And I know people think, well, they make enough money. I'm just telling you, it adds up to an extreme amount of money. And you literally, their agents and their tax people are breaking it down. And you put that over nine years, you've got to blow the Yankees 360 out of the water. How much? I don't know. I'd have to get to like my tax guy and let's let's totally break this down. But you know, we never saw an actual figure on the on the Giants' reported nope. offer. We heard four hundred million. Just per- think about tax. You play you play in Massachusetts a lot of games. They're a flat five percent tax rate for state. Florida, they play in Florida. 
against the Rays. They train in Florida. Zero. Zero. A whopping zero. I have no idea what Maryland is. Uh, no idea. What, what about Canada? They pay high tax. I don't. I have no idea what you pay because you pay where you play. If people don't know, I remember you. I, I don't. You mentioned Canada, and I'm not trying to act like an expert. I may not be totally right. I just know the highest they can tax people who make a lot of money in California is 13.3. I remember we asked years ago at the old station. We asked Sean Delille that question. He goes, "I don't know. I don't know the ca- the ca- the tax rate in Canada." I remember that was a question about the. <laughs> People who live in Canada pay high taxes. I don't know what happens if you go and work there and you're getting charged. I don't know how exactly how that works. Plus, the, the Yankees would only be going there, what, eight or nine times I'll a year. I'll never forget the Boston Globe had it. Pablo Sandoval, his de- basically the Giants and the Red Sox both offered $95 million. But Sandoval made like over $10 million more because of taxes signing with Boston than he did with San Francisco. It's a lot of money. So – if that was $95 million, Pablo versus San Francisco, what's Aaron Judges? When it's all said and done, nine years of all the taxes, what would be the difference playing all these games in California, just not your home team, but in division, A's, A, what is that when you're in New York and you only take on the Mets? So essentially like 84 games. Now, he does have to have to come out to California and play California teams, but the money is – it's a lot. So you li- – and every single time you it up, the Yankees only have to – the Yankees never have to get – we always – you always think that the Yankees got to get – they have to offer more than the West Coast teams, right? Mm-hmm. No, they don't because they can break down the taxes. His people, the teams, they can break down the taxes for you and say, hey, our, our stuff is still valuable. Our, our offer is still worth more money. We don't have to offer as much money because of state taxes. And I know fans don't want to hear it, but that's a reality. I know it for a fact from people, friends of mine, who are agents in the NFL. That's a big thing in the NFL. It's a big thing in baseball. The state taxes are a big deal. I don't have to. The Giants have to, or the Padres, have to go way past the Yankees to make it worth it. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. And it's not something that's really going to get talked about and reported, but that's why the Yankees the Yankees could be at 360. If the Giants or Padres up it to a certain point, then they can just go to 370. Now the Padres and the Giants have to go now well over 400. Like every single time the Yankees went up 10 million, they would have to go up a lot. Next thing you know, they're now well over 400 million because it's a nine-year deal. Yeah. He's making what not 365 by nine. It's, he's making 40 million a year with the Yankees in the new deal. It's a lot of money. You just keep pushing the Giants and the Padres to a point that they just can't go that high. But I was, but I was told they won't be. I'll bet. I'll bet. Oh well, if you're gonna, if you're <laughs> gonna, if you're gonna take shots at your friends across the bay, I already roasted them when we were down. Remember, they were down there. They're all Giants people are walking around. The media that covers the Giants, they're all walking around because on Tuesday they were signing Aaron Judge. John Heyman's putting on well arson first. Arson Judge, excuse me, Aaron Judge. And the Giants people are walking around. Boy, they just got Aaron Judge. By Wednesday, they're all on flights gone. I could, I seriously, I could not believe that. Put it this way. Gabe Kapler, we found out, your boy Cappy, was late to the National League manager's pictures. Oh, that's true, yeah. Okay? We have a source in San Diego that said they were all sitting around, finally said, take the picture without him. They had some. They had some choice words 
for Gabe Kapler, the other National League managers, and then they were like, take the picture without him. Finally, he shows up. I know for a fact I saw two Giants people getting into an Uber, assuming that Uber was going to the airport. I saw two, as I was coming back from our first, remember we did 16 hours of live programming from the winter meetings. I'm coming back on Wednesday from Cody barely allowed me to walk across the street to Starbucks to get something to eat. Actually, I got a poke bowl that day. And I'm walking back into the hotel, and I see two Giants PR people getting into an Uber. So they basically, and we would have Bob Melvin after that. So we basically saw Giants PR dropped old Cappy off at the pictures, hustled down, got into an Uber, see you later. Everybody changed their flights. Giants people, once they found out, Wednesday morning, no Aaron Judge, couldn't wait to get out of San Diego. Pretty uh, accurate description? Yeah, and I would say you would, one could assume that they were taking an Uber to the airport because San Diego is pretty walkable from where we were. That, the uh, they Manchester weren't going Grand to lunch with their backpacks and luggage. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. They weren't going to get fish tacos and a cerveza. Yeah, no. They're probably, they were most likely uh, certainly going to the airport. Uh, William Contreras has spoken on the uh, trade. He's put, the, put a bunch of broken heart emojis out on Twitter. So clearly I don't think he's happy about going from Atlanta to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I, what, what is Milwaukee doing now? They were going to move a bunch of people. Well, they still could. That's the thing that, that Eno's talking about. Once again, where we have been so far, are we in hot stove yet? Can we call this hot stove? I don't think so. Okay. Where we are in the offseason. Although hot stove is a show now and I won't be to work, so I don't know. They would rather pay than lose their prospects. I'd rather say... All right, I like Cody, and I want to bring Cody to A's cast. Instead of me trading all these prospects to get Cody, I'd rather go get somebody else where I just give them money, and then I keep my prospects. That's what baseball is saying right now. I want to keep the guys I have that I've groomed, that I've raised, that I've loved, that I've drafted, that I've signed, and I'll just overpay in free agency for a guy. But now that all those guys are, you know, Rodon and Correa will be gone. The major fish are going to be gone. Is this when the trades start to happen? I mean, you got to get going, man. It's the, what, the 12th? Before you know it, it's Christmas, New Year's, then it's January. We'll be at fantasy camp. Then you snap your fingers and bang, pitchers and catchers. Pitchers were catchers. Pitchers and catchers are going to report in basically two months. Yeah. We're we normally report around the 12th, 13th, right around there, right? Something like that, yeah. Well, today's December 12th. Two months, your pitchers and catchers are reporting. Let's see if I can find a date. Uh, pitchers and catchers, well, this is one, the Rays are starting on the 14th. So we're usually like either 14th or 15th. All right. So basically, two months from now, pitchers and catchers are reporting. And there's so many teams that have done nothing. The guy on the Brewers that can be traded if they, a team doesn't land a shortstop, uh, Willie Adamas, although they said, we're going to keep him. Yeah, Willie Adamas was like maybe – I I have a feeling we are we are, um, we are are underselling how long these guys are going to play shortstop. I think these guys are going to play short – I mean, Eno's basically got these guys two, three years off shortstop. Yeah. 
Sounds, I have what a feeling, sounds like. I have a feeling these guys are going to play shortstop longer. And I know analytics hated Derek Jeter. You're going to pay your shortstop to play longer than you think. I mean, look at the guys I got. You're going to talk about Gavin. Gavin Lux has no arm. So he plays second. Well, he's a shortstop. Uh, he'll be a second baseman. They'll, they'll get a shortstop. So I got a feeling these some of these guys are going to play shortstop longer than you think. But the trades, maybe they they. But normally we don't see a flurry of trades at Christmas and New Year's. No, I'm going to throw a name at you. And I just thought of this. I'm, no one's. I haven't seen anything report being reported if he, that they want to move him, whatnot. We're talking about the Brewers. Do you think they would trade Christian Yelich? Do you think anybody would want to take on his contract? Because he signed that contract and he has not been the same guy. You sent me a Bleacher Report thing on contracts that we were going to get to, but we never got to because the trade of Sean Murphy trade it changed everything. He's the worst winter meetings contract they had ranked. It was like nine. He signed that deal. It was like nine for, was it nine for two sixteen, something like that. It was a lot, and it's been bad. He had the, he had the MVP year, and then he had the the next year when Bellinger ended up winning the MVP, right? Bellinger won the MVP the following year when Yelich was really good. It was that twenty nineteen? Let me just pull it up. Yeah, he wins the MVP in twenty eighteen. He hits thirty six home runs, drives in hundred ten, hits three twenty six, leads the league. And slugging and OPS and total bases and wins the MVP. Next year, his age 27 season, he hits 44 home runs in 130 games, drives in 97, steals 30 bases, so he's a 30 30 guy, uh, hits 329, leads the league, and has a 1,100 OPS. Then after that, 2020 hits 205, 2021 hits 250 or 248, and then last year in 154 games, hit 252, hit. 14 home runs. So over the last go, go over his homers the last two years. Uh, I'll do th- I'll do three, including the COVID year. No, I'll do, COVID, okay. no, no. Just uh, last two years. 23. 20. So what is a breakdown? Last two years. He had nine in 2021 and 14 last year. Wow. And this nine, nine and 14. Nine? He didn't even have double digits two years ago. Yeah, uh, where's his contract, Adam? Scrolling down the – I think it was 9 for 216 is what he ended up signing with. Um, He is a 20 uh, – wow, he's not afraid until 2029 when he's 37. He's making 26 next year, the year – all the way to 2029 when he makes 20 million, and there's a mutual uh, option or a $6.5 million buyout. A's fans, A's fans, listen to me. Can you imagine if we paid a guy $26 million for 14 home runs? I just these contracts, but it's 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 the price of doing business. I get it. Uh, Want to end on this? This is our last show of 2022, and I wanted to say thank you to all of you A's fans because what we're building is something special here, and every single time that we get around the baseball world. We're reminded of that. You know, we go along into our little A's cast and A's cast world and, you know, follow this team, follow Major League Baseball. I think we do as good a job as anybody in the sport. But we just we just do what we do. We work hard. And we forget that everybody's watching us. And it's going down to the winter meetings again that makes us realize that everybody's paying attention to what all of this is. Whether you're watching us or listening to us, what we're doing is the future. Multiple teams are trying to copy us 
as we speak. Everybody's coming up, telling us how they've been watching the growth. They've been watching what we've been doing, watching how we expand. Everybody tells us this is no doubt the future of Major League Baseball. But we can't do it without you. We can't do it without your support, without your love, everything you guys have done for us. And hopefully we do the same. We're all in this thing together. It's, you know, we can talk about trades and signings and Murph and oh my God. But the one thing that A's, what we always do is we innovate. And that's what we're doing here with A's Cast and A's Cast Live. So on our way out, after just coming from San Diego to the winter meetings, just want to say thank you and just what everybody's telling us in baseball. This little community of ours is special. There's no question about it. And there's 29 other teams that are watching, and they're fascinated by what we're doing. So let's keep growing this thing in 2023. Whether No matter what the team's record is, team could win 100 games, team could win 60. We're still going to do what we do at the best and highest level we can do it. And we're going to do it for you, the A's fans. So you, we will always have that commitment to you. Thank you, Cody, everything that you do. Happy holidays to everybody. You do anything special for the holidays? Uh, my wife works. I'll stay at home, but we're going to San Diego after. So what, what about you? Uh, going to go to Tahoe for the first time. for. I'm going to do a snowy Christmas for the first time in my life. We've never done that. Want to do it one time before. Because let's face it, I'm getting to a point. Kids are going to be gone after next year. They'll come home for Christmas, but you know how that works. Kids get older. You just don't know how things work out. So uh, we're going to do one snowy Christmas, and we're going to go up to Tahoe and do snow, come back, watch a boatload of football, and then get ready for the season. Because we got we – got, Fantasy camp coming up pretty quick in January. Yeah, we come back on the 9th. We do a show, then we fly to Arizona to go to do fantasy camp. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Bang, it's spring training. Excited. And you know what? Things things will turn, Ace fans. You know, it's the process. I know you hate it, but you always seem to like it once the process starts going good. And you know what? People are going to evaluate. This trade stinks. This trade's great. This signing's good. This one's not. They have, they have the track record. So if you say trust the process, I mean, you know, isn't it funny? Philly is such a darling now, and they just had the longest streak of not going to the postseason along with the in the National League. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. You've never said that. You got to the, the Mariners had just been out of the playoffs since 2001. Philly hadn't been since what, 09? 2011. 11? 11, yeah. I mean, seriously, we don't go through that. Yeah, you don't. You don't have a, a good producer. Always brings it back to themselves. You, you don't have a team you grew up watching that went twenty years without winning. Twenty years. That's not having a winning record. Twenty years <laughs> under five hundred. So, yeah, it, it, it'll be back. It's going to take a while, but it'll be back. And yes, it's tough to see Sean Murphy go. I get it. I'm not going to tell you not to be angry, but we got to move on. That's how it works. So, once again, thank you for your support. Thank you for everything you do for us. Continue to support us, A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Have a great holiday, 
and holidays, and we'll see you back in 2023. The 2022 MLB winter meetings from San Diego are now in the past, and Ace Cast Live was all over it. Well, once again, here from the winter meetings in San Diego. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the signing of Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is going back to the Bronx. He's agreed to a nine-year deal worth $360 million. And Trey Turner. Trey Turner gets 11 years, $300 million. 11 years to the biggest names in the sport chris russo the mad dog the great bob melvin great yeah. sampled right here on a's cast live tory lavelle the manager of the arizona Diamondbacks, former oakland athletic former a's bench coach terry francona is with us here on a's cast live billy owens Assistant General Manager for the Oakland Athletics, the great Sarah Langs is with us. David Forrest, General Manager of your Oakland Athletics. Ace Cast Live had you covered at the winter meetings. That's going to do it live from the winter meetings. I hope everybody enjoyed the coverage. We had a great time. Hopefully, you had a great time watching. If you missed any of the interviews from the three days, go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to listen or youtube.com slash athletics to watch today. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Great news! Our indoor dining is back, along with our beautiful patio dining. Come taste our world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 83 years. The Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek has one of the most dynamic menus, plus a full bar. Pot pies, gourmet burgers, sandwiches, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget, we still do takeout and delivery. For all the information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Flex 10 is back. Get 10 Plaza Outfield level ticket vouchers for only $99 for any 2023 regular season home game. Buy your Flex 10 pack now and redeem for any combination of games later. You can use two tickets to catch opening day, four tickets to watch a fireworks show, and four tickets to catch the biggest matchups. The options are endless, so give the gift of baseball this holiday season. Visit athletics.com slash fan values to purchase yours today. That's athletics.com slash fan values. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.